going on? Paris, Texas, liftoff. Might as well do last week's releases, because new releases are coming already. There wasn't many albums that I really, uh, really, really dug, other than, you know, maybe the Paris, Texas album, and, uh, the Nas album I really liked, but I thought, uh, this was, like, out of, like, all the Hit Boy releases, I think this is probably one of the more, I thought, like, the last two were better than this one that came out. But, uh, I know Ace of Rocky Dolly just came out just now, it's 112 a.m. But this was like, this is with the, it's called Riot Rowdy Python. Travis Scott and Bad Bunny in the weekend. K-pop. Draw some engineer, hit the record button. Life, I'm not at all fronting. Like, I seen it all, cousin. Flights in first class cabins. Pino no wall chats with the captain. See, when you do world class rapping, Joel Ortiz really likes the Pino no wall uh, references. Boxes get mailed out. You in the latest fashion. New jeans to put cash in. Tops get dropped. Seat belts get fastened. This is Lupe Fiasco, Rockefeller, y'all. Anderson Park and Lotto called too fast. 
song's pretty decent. This is the Katrina song. Five hundred pounds. It's like five hundred LBS, you know. Whenever I I see the LBS, I remember back in like uh, in the in the nineties and on like an ep on an episode of super on an episode of Superstars, they would uh, uh do um like they'll let the like some like sometimes they'll let the people in the audience like do a guest ring announce spot. And then um, when the per when the kid was doing it, he mentioned like you know um, this person weighing in at three hundred libs, and then they had to correct him that was three hundred pounds, whatever. And I always find that fucking hilarious. This is a uh, snow allegra, um, be be my summer. This is a pretty decent song. People who randomly come onto my like uh, this my podcast and hear some of the music I'm into, they're like, "Oh my god, this guy must be he's into some R&B stuff." What's it called? I, I, I he looks like you know he'd be into like just a typical fucking you know incel fucking shit. And I, I don't have the aesthetics for fucking listening to like. Sounds very dope though. And then the people who are like edge lords will be like, oh my god, the guy's into pussy music. Flying Lotus and Black Thought.
product pin in the week, the numbers fluctuate. A couple dollars, make sure you holler when your bucks trade. My little guala dropped out of college, chose a drug trade. Built up his wallet, can't acknowledge how we upgrade it. It's that uptown flow that got us hated, right? It took reach to reach to this point. The numbers so good, made six of each joint, right? You search for deals, I broke with farms. Locals can flow with the dawn. Talking across the pond, I broke with Tom. Born cars, I'm got a complex. Arm stretch, 40 cal, laid on the armrest for conflict. Bust down Cubans, my prom set. The charm next, push the button, playing with Congress. Let me forward to Black Dogs verse. Gloves on. Never fretting, never 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 This is Diplo, Polo G, and Jesse Murphy. I don't know who. I don't know much about Jesse Murphy. You know. She doesn't seem like she's someone in the, in the arm. She's like she's in the country, fucking. Check the 
let a nigga have the day. Fuck an affidavit, trying to cop the label. So my kids can spill food in the finest place. Niggas. This is uh, Rick Hyde and uh, Al Camino. This is a uh, Denzel Curry and Juicy J. Blood on my Nikes with a not, not, not an S, a Z. One song I liked on the Scar Lords album. Sometimes it's my style, sometimes it's not, you know. I played this song before, it's like the one single that I liked on it, like. Ice Spice uh, came out with a deluxe version of her album. And if you're wondering which songs are fucking new, I'll, I'll, I'll make it easier for you if you're interested. I don't know how many people really want to listen to Ice Spice, but, you know, she has some decent songs. But in the deluxe version, the first three songs are... The first three songs are um, new ones, and then the last one, it, it actually has bonus on it. I don't understand why they shouldn't put... So, you know what? What they called? You know they had them at the at the top, and then one in the in the end. You know what I mean? Like the worst is when I have to go through like a deluxe version, and like they're sprinkled all over, and then it's like, dude, I gotta fucking you know, make it easier for me, I guess. But you know. It's called how high. This is on the radar. 
I'm different, I don't feel the same. I'm a squishy like you cannot change me. Turn the topic like you cannot blame me. Going up so I feel like they hate me. Or she gangsta, but she cannot face me. Hit a shot up, but I'm not switching. He 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 raps like how like I would sound when I'm trying to rush through a presentation in school. And I'm like really shy about it and I'm just trying to read out the words. That's what it sounds like to me. And then I, I like, I liked all the nonsense, like, I mean, except the intro, you know, I didn't mark the intro, but I liked most of the songs on the album here. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. This is, I thought it'd be a bigger deal, but like I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I, this is like the first time in 20 years being on track together. I didn't think 50 Cent's verse was that great on this. This is called Office Hours. Part of me now, like when I listen to releases now, I'm 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 wondering if like this is like you know AI shit being done. Let me go for the first. Black magic. 
So even though I, I like the, the, the cause again, Nas is like a really good rapper, you know what I mean? Like, but I didn't think this album was as great as the other two that, you know. Motion. Made a brass and alabaster. You can cast the spell. Just bad fires, they satire. My geysers are nine, just watching from high rises. Weird luck, cause when we fail, we only fail luck. I tear up every time I see a male truck. Know that check coming 500 of these smoothly. And yo, that shit behooves me. They need to bring back beheadings. Guillotines for guys get whacked like medieval times. They not ready. When we touch, leave everything dirty. For trying to stop us, you can't. Like my man said, we have this song's called Bulky Woodbine. This guy's a good actor, you know. But, you know, with the clothes, you watch Sopranos. He was a, a controversial episode because people don't like that. But I actually <coughs> think season one has a lot of uh, a, a lot of fucking filler episodes on it, right? Like, you know what I mean? And that one's like a filler one. That's why I, I always I was in favor of bringing uh, Massive Genius back in another season when the acting was more fleshed out because he's a good actor and I think like if he came back in the later season maybe he could have like you know flexed out a little bit more like whether it was this is Irvin Magic Johnson. I might burn this bitch down, left eye Andre rising. I can't trust you built for Cuban links unless we tied in. Shout to Ray and Ghost. Can it be all so simple? One of my favorite quotes from 42nd Street. Days of pips where it swayed loafs. That McDonald's is still there where we had to trade blows. Then I stood on stages. Australia on occasion. Country club, house of blues, stadium status. Hands waving. Hip hop 50 celebration. Funny, we the same agent. We just keep on getting dealer. Word the heavy, word the dealer. Word the head, word the dealer. Milk D. I'm top billing, cooking soul. Grandma skillet in they rearrange my quotes. Trying to make me out the villain. Have you jammed up like what you spread on toast? Here's a dose of that interesting. I finally see. See what it all means. Yeah, picture that on the day you retire. And they still shocked and amazed. I made it up higher. Cause I came up with them hot hands that played with the fire. Product of the 80s, proud of my lawn store for the lady. I'm a carnivore, constantly come with concepts to pay me. I'm responsible for their most cockiest behavior. My DNA and they G'd up ways, and they surveying. I showed them, I scrolled them as golden. Rap game stomach was fooling. I left these bastards on your doorsteps. Behold them, ideas come and go away, but I already thought them. So years later, they still knew when I go record them. I done hooked up with a beast, never stingy with the beast. Experimental accident records wind up killing the streets. Black and proud shirts, white Jesus. Pieces on Cuban links, silver wall chick. Yo, she black and white on Egyptian sheets. And I can see the jealousy. This is a slow like a Japanese outline. You know what I'm saying? 
Born with a powerful point, your style ain't wanted. Never dissing for clout. Y'all know what this about. Niggas trying to deflect from the fact people saw them fizzle out. The people saw them try to make hit songs that went wrong. This about the money, right? Cause all that shit that been gone. Let's throw a nickel at the wishing well rappers. Watch us sink to the bottom. And I wish them all happiness. I'm in the cut. Attention needers need the front. See in front of the world watching them shine. That's all they want. And I always get my cut. Imagine that making you mad. I'm just a real version. They don't make them like that. Never had to get the youth to relate for the bad. And since they smarter than us, they know Nas was once they aged me. They this is a pistol on your pistol on your album cover. Sorry. This is the last song with uh, no back and forth. 21 Savage. The one this this, this uh, song uh, was released like maybe like a maybe a couple months ago or years ago, but. This is uh, like two songs I like from uh, because again there were some R&B rappers in the um, in the Barbie the Barbie soundtrack. So this is Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa, Dance of the Night. Ice Spice and Nicki Minaj and Aqua. By the way, this is um. Here's here's some songs in the soundtrack. Uh, I, I I thought it was called the 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 clone Tyrone. It's called the clone Tyrone. <laughs> so the whole time I've been calling it the clone Tyrone, but maybe that sounds like a better fucking name. I don't know. But this is with the you know with Trin, uh, Trinidad James and Kamea and Hope Top. This is some person named PJ, drunk AF. Oh, the fucking party truck. 
This is a big crit winter winter chicken dinner. This is um I Isa Nairi called nothing. Texas. Again, there's like 17 songs on here, and I like nine out of them, so, you know. I, I like their vibe and their sound, you know what I mean? This is called 1037, all one word. Sean Jared. I mean, and these next songs, Bullet Man, Panic, and Everyone's Safe until they, I I play these songs, these were the main singles from it. If if someone's a part of the Bullet Club, like, you know, a spinoff of, like, like, maybe one of the members of the Bullet Club could use a song as their Bullet Man. Run. I 
This is the song that I play at the beginning of Liftoff. This is called Earth 2. fucking recap by the way my trolls are um started posting in the subreddit again and this time it says doors unlocked with like my face on some doors i guess so i guess they're insinuating that they're gonna do something or they're gonna fucking invade or whatever the fuck they're doing but you know this is why i i don't fucking try to move forward and I'm just hoping that I just fucking, you know, just die soon. Because, um, you know, it, it feels like even the people that, you know, because you know, these trolls are mercenary fucking trolls. And I feel like over the course of the last 10 years, whether it be the Stern Show, I, I, I definitely suspect people in my life um, who, you know, partook in fucking with me and then use me as a guinea pig for, you know, social gatherings and then, you know fucking, you know, just got what they needed, and then they fucking can now become their own fucking own entity now, and that's what people fucking do, and then the people that want to fucking be, you know, uh, peaceful with you, it's like they know your trajectory, so they're trying to fucking build up their own fucking shit so that, like, they could um, eventually oppose you, because they know there's gonna be people that are gonna fucking hate you, so people want to be aligned with you so that you can have conflict with them, and then they can fucking take off with, like, you know, the people that fucking hate you. But then those people don't realize that once, like, you know, I don't fucking talk about them or whatnot, whatever. 
You know what I mean? Once, like, that's over, then the people don't fucking care because it's people that only invested in conflict and constantly fucking, you know, shitting on people who are, you know, trying to do good. That's why what the cold, like, you know, that's why TYT is able to now um, get support whenever uh, Anna Kasparian does her anti-left fucking messages and shit like that. It's not because they actually fucking think she's talented or anything like that. Like, she's a soulless fucking human being. That's why I I didn't even pretend that what's it called her and Jank are actually fucking funny when like, you know, they were actually doing decent fucking work. You know. But, you know, people now all of a sudden think they're like truth tellers and all that kind of shit. But the thing is is like over the course of the last fucking several years, um they've used people who have like, you know, come by here to, you know, um pretend like they're helping me people be my fucking handlers and all that kind of shit, and then, uh, and then they fucking just blame everything on me about me not fucking putting work in, or me not, um, not wanting to have a fucking plan and all that kind of shit, and it's like, maybe because I know that a lot of you know my trajectory, and you're still, like, trying to manipulate me, and I don't fucking like that, maybe that's fucking one reason I don't trust people, and they're probably secretly fucking listening because they gotta listen to everything I fucking say. Acting like I haven't been doing anything. Okay, you you can fucking make fun of me for, you know, doing a podcast in my mother's fucking basement. But I still fucking put a lot of fucking hours. I still try to have, like, you know, a nuanced fucking... A lot of people say they have nuanced thought, but a lot of them don't have nuanced fucking thought. But what's it called? They, you know, I try to have some type of nuanced fucking take and giving you, you know, the process of, of mental illness, or, you know, giving my fucking uh, take on all the angles and how things are presented, not to fucking, you know, um, relate celebrity shit with regular people shit, because doing that will make you fucking confused, everything's inconsistent, so I try to put that fucking shit out there, and then a lot of people fucking, you know, steal my fucking thoughts, or try to fucking, you know, um, get on their platforms and contest my thoughts, or they'll know before, you know, I'll write shit down, they'll know that I write shit down, and then they'll set up, and then they'll use their large platform to set up a narrative that goes against what I'm going to be putting out, you know what I mean, like, they do a lot of fucking dirt to fucking, you know, suppress my fucking shit, so why would I want to even be here, so the trolls are going to keep, uh, trying to fucking, you know, fuck with me more about it, they they, they always come back around, I, I, I never suspected that they'll fucking leave, because, there's way too much investment that they've made, too much fucking documentation they've done over all the fucking shit I've written down or fucking, you know, done with, like, you know, have said on the fucking podcast, on Periscope, Facebook Lives, you know what I mean, everything, just so they can fucking try to destroy my fucking life, not because, because just imagine how low on the totem pole you have to be to be the people that are monitoring me. But again, with the cold, you know, using somebody that, like, doesn't have any fucking backup or doesn't have any fucking, you know, um, any support system, you're allowed to fucking, you know, destroy, destroy their fucking mentality. Because at the end of the day, these people that have done it in my life or on the Howard Stern show or, in like, even the wrestling world or even fucking the comedy world, with the cold, who do you think they're going to fucking believe? Some mentally ill fucking shithead? Oh, the the people that fucking um, partake in that are the ones that are listening and fucking being like you know super happy that like you know I lose my fucking mind. 
There's even there's even there's even certain personalities who pretend like they're left, who like take pleasure in in people like you know feeling like fucking shit, like they're supposed to be on the fucking good side, and yet what's it called like they can't even stomach people be, um attempting to be fucking happy because everyone has to be fucking miserable. Because again, that like because there's there's a portion of fucking people who claim they're left who love the edge lord comedy, right? So like. They have to even like agree with the edge lord co- um, comedy people who always want like nonstop forced negativity shit, and then they act like you know oh they're the arbiters of what's funny and what's fucking not, because again like you know the everyone who's a public figure is a narcissist right? They're all fucking sociopathic jerk offs, who like think that if they like something. Everyone has to think it's uh, everyone has to like it. Otherwise, if they if the, if, the, if nothing they like is considered cool, then it's useless to them. So they ha- if they like something, it just can't be like oh well you know what uh, I like something but a lot of other people might not fucking like it. They can't even be good with that. That's why that's why people again even if my even if people considered my podcast good. Because I don't have a bunch of fucking people dipping in, giving their ideas of what I should do to make fucking shit entertaining and all that kind of shit. They won't give it fucking props. And then the same people who are going to roll their fucking eyes, because that's true, they're going to still get mad at me for what, for what I'm saying. But you're secretly listening to me, making fucking cheap shots at your fuck, in, in your fucking group chat about me. And then you're probably doing some shitty fucking impression of me. I'm sure that must go over in your fucking little group chats well. People that will tell me, oh, I'm 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 taking a picture of you to put in my fucking Discord. Like, for what? And then they'll fucking, uh, like, you know, act like you don't fucking deserve anything, even though, like, they've partaken and helped out with the elite to fucking destroy you and dismiss you and diminish your fucking, uh, anything that you have accomplished on any level or made sure that you don't accomplish anything so they can continuously put you fucking down and then I'm supposed to take their, the, the, the them being nice to me as like, oh my god, they, they, they have no agenda whatsoever. No, they know my trajectory and they're fucking pathetic jerk-offs who fucking count my fucking family as money. And I hope you're fucking listening, because you can go and pretend, and you can go make your fucking jokes. A lot of you are not as funny as you think you are. And if you don't think I'm fucking funny, then stop riding my fucking dick. I'm so glad I don't go to social gatherings, because then it's, it's, it's like I'm not even interacting with fucking actual human beings. I'm interacting with fucking characters. Like, you know, the, 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 it's always sunny in Philadelphia, how, like, uh, this is how it goes with most fucking social situations in general. From what I see from different cliques, it's like you know how like it's always, like when um, people are consuming, like like you know the most edge lord entertainment ever, or like problematic fucking shit, and then they basically reenact it um, in their own personal fucking lives, and then like in social settings they all become like the character that they're fucking consuming, and then you realize how cringy it fucking sounds. That's why it's always signed in Philadelphia. Always is a fucking is a dope show because it uh, exemplifies like how fucking annoying people are and how cringe they are. You know what I mean? Like, like you know what I mean? Like if you find them annoying, you're supposed to find them annoying because that's how people really. It's like, it's like they show they show you how it's done in practice, essentially. Like nothing they say is supposed to, you know. 
I just don't understand why they don't let me just fucking die. I, I need to vent, because again, my trolls know how to fucking, you know, trigger my fucking responses. You know. And and, and again, I'll I'll I'll, fu- I'll fully I'll fully admit it. I, I, I know that puts a smile on their fucking face that they know how to fucking do it, whatever. But all all you're showing is how sociopathic you are. And you're only being applauded by other shitty fucking people. And even though they have fucking money and aesthetic, I mean, putting that much investment in fucking, uh, like, you know what I mean? You could, you could be with your family and your fucking kids and all that kind of stuff. And you're putting investment in how to fuck with a mentally ill fucking Pakistani guy in his mother's fucking basement. Sounds like a you problem, not a me fucking problem. But go ahead, keep keep doing it, I guess, right? You know, that's what you're going to fucking do. Trying to fuck with my head all the time. Acting like I haven't put in fucking any fucking work whatsoever. It's not easy fucking coming on here and talking for, you know, a bunch of fucking hours. Even if you compile them, you know? And again, not every fucking podcast is a home run. Sometimes I don't know where I'm going with some of my thoughts. Sometimes, like, I have thoughts built up. And by the time I come on and speak about it, it's like I want to rush and get it, get it out there and just at least say, okay, well, I, I mentioned it at least, whatever. It's always the same type of deal. I'm not saying that, you know, it's a revolutionary fucking stuff, whatever. But at least I put my own fucking effort and do shit that I fucking want to do. But if I don't fucking have, you know, people's uh, co-sign or approval. But, like, there's some people who are important who do listen. And because there's people who want to suck up to those people, they want to, like, you know, consume what they are fucking finding entertaining or what they might be interested in, which might happen to be this. So people who already want to suck up to those people, who already hate me, will then listen to this fucking podcast for some odd reason. Even though no one has to fucking listen to this. By the way, my I, I should mention it. My cause I, I'm only only mentioning it because it'll, it'll go back down again. But remember when I was saying that? Oh, like my listenership went to like over like five hundred a week or something like that. Like in the last seven days, over five hundred people consumed the podcast in the week, and then it obviously goes back down. The last few months, it's kind of been back at like. 39, 40, to maybe like 50. Right now, it's at like 75 right now. You know. They say that 75... I have 75 people who follow me on Spotify. But then, like, you know, my listenership is like, you know, 70... You know. I don't know. I don't even know how valid these stats are. Everything is just shit. Everything just turns into complete and utter shit. So, um, Anna Kasparian did a fucking show. I, again, t- a, a lot of my talk is going to be talking about, like, n- not, not on this podcast, but the further Jank and Anna go into the right-wing territory, even though, though, listen, you listen to the show, they will completely deny it. You might actually see some, like, progressive fucking takes from them, Right? Because I know people might listen and go, well, I don't see... Like, that's the fucking problem, that you don't see how they're moving more to the right wing. You know what I mean? Like, they're clearly fucking going in that direction. But you, you know, they're clearly in direction, but they don't want to... They know what direction they're going in is bad. 
That's why they're doubling down on the fact that they're the fairest show in America. They're better than mainstream media. And then Anna will go, I'm not a propagandist or an activist. Well, you're actually an activist for the right wing, actually. And when you say you're not a propagandist, you're a fucking full of shit piece of shit. And I was like, well, you know, it's 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 better than any fucking thing that she attempted at humor at, basically. My my worst attempts at humor are still funnier than what Anna Kasparian is at fucking 100% with her humor. Her and Jenk. But basically, she did a story, again, another one where she's fear-mongering about, you know, um, the fucking retail theft and all that kind of shit. And she, and, she, and she just generalizes and acts like people on the left are not concerned about retail, like, about theft. Like, yeah, there's people that, like... Like, like there's people that might not fucking take, it as ser- take that part as seriously because they know that, like, a lot of these talking points are done to, de- to like, generalize and demonize um, people that fucking might be at their worst whatever. By, and she, she, I, I want to know which leftist told her not to do the story. She, she has always set it up like that. Like, oh my god, I'm not going to be politically... So she has to make it seem... Like, not only does she do the propaganda, she has to set it up like, oh, I was told not to do this, but I'm going to be a naughty girl, and I'm going to fucking do it. Like, that's what she does. It. No, 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 you are are taking... You most likely are taking right-wing fucking money under the table, and then you acted like, oh, um... I'll play the fucking clip right here. Hold on. I'll play the fucking clip. This is part of it. But she fully admitted that, like, there's crime syndicate and organized crime who are organizing this. But, okay, fine. So if you're acknowledging that, right, if there's organized crime, because I've been saying that this crime is fucking funded, but she's doing foreign boogeymen, like the cartels are the ones who are fucking organizing this retail type of theft. I could buy that as fucking U.S. billionaires that are doing it. And or or yeah, because these fucking department store, they, these billionaires who run these things, this is also good promotion for uh their like, like you know what I mean like it's called market outrage marketing basically, where you can like you know fund this kind of shit going on like whenever I see something going viral now, to me it's like is it organized, um because th- things are designed to go viral so that it fuels a twenty four seven news cycle. People that can pretend these again. This is why I say people on the left. People on the left might get mad at me for being conspiratorial, but a lot of you who you know try to counter this shit, you also limit your fucking arguments when you can disarm this. Like you know, well, for some reason, a lot of you who have platforms want to limit your fucking arguments. But uh, let me see right here. So she does a story right here. Hold on. Those two open cases, but let's keep it real. Lax. State laws need to be revisited. Evidence suggests that there is a small group of people committing these crimes over and over again. And she just, she, this is after she just talked about how this is organized, right? So you're still, so you're, you want to punish the people that are doing these over and over again. But if you're alluding to the fact that this stuff is funded by criminal organizations, which could be fucking feds or law enforcement themselves. And then they make it seem like, oh, look, they were only arrested for like a few hours because there was claims of systemic racism to hide behind. But it's like, I could just buy that the billionaires who fund these fucking Arkham Asylum criminals 
to go around and do fear-mongering type shit. You act like there's not a incentive given. If, if, if you could theorize and show, if you can prove that, like, uh, Turning Point USA and all these other right-wing billionaire think tanks are funding a bunch of stuff that goes on in the fucking schools, why do you guys draw the line at violence being fucking funded? Like, I know violence and fucking, like, you know, shootings and all that kind of shit happen every second of the fucking day. But the ones that become fucking, you know, I'm trying to think the ones that become viral either are orchestrated or, or like, you know, organized on some fucking level for some odd reason. But again, you you won't get fucking any of the answers because people limit, people limit it. Even if people are trying to oppose what Anna's fucking doing, but you're still going to fucking limit it. They should not get to take advantage of bail reform if they're recommitting the exact same crime. A perfect example of this is highlighted in New York City. Nearly a third of all shoplifting, shoplifting arrests in New York City last year involved just 327 people. Collectively, they were arrested and rearrested more than 6,000 times. How do you know that's in true other or words, not? There are solutions that can, you know, focus on solving this problem without reverting back to mass incarceration. In fact, we should maybe consider these solutions if we want to avoid going back to the old model. No, you don't, but, but you don't want to do that because you're trying to get on your high horse acting like you're doing this brave story that the left is gonna, like you keep equating the fucking left. Even when she's doing, uh, even when her and Jenk are fucking doing a story about how right, like women in right-wing influence spaces are, you know, like again, you know what else do you think is going to happen when you say that you're feel you you think there's sexism and misogyny going on? Well, it's like yeah, you align with people that want fundamentalist type of shit going on. They take that fucking story and they equate people on the left and how extreme they fucking get when it doesn't even call for that type of shit. It's like any chance she fucking gets. She tries to fucking take a shot at the fucking left. And there's no one that actually wants to fucking call her out. The reason why she feels so, her and Jenk feel so confident is because they're probably being backed behind the fucking scenes with dark fucking money. Look, look, this is the last few seconds of this fucking clip. She's telling you where her trajectory is fucking going. You know what I mean? Like, everything, like, just her doing this little fucking rant, she feels so fucking soulless. And she, she doesn't feel like a, even a human being. She feels like she's like auditioning for the Daily fucking Wire or something like that. But look, I also want to address something broader. This data I've shared with you... A I'm going to do something broader, which means I'm going to pivot into my personal fucking feelings about the left because I've been called out. Because, because again, she's playing by a fucking script. She can't fucking remove herself from it. She knows that she's going to be making a lot more money, but she has to be, to, for her to make, it's like all these people that want to fucking sell out and do pragmatic shit. It's like you have to be happy for their fucking progress, even though they're doing propaganda to make fucking shit a lot fucking worse. At the behest of fucking the white supremacist fucking system. Along with the current crime-related trends that I've brought up multiple times on the show, and you're... has rubbed other left-wing shows the wrong way. In their view, stories like these... Sir so, with the cold... She's, so, she's already she's putting out there to people who might not know about these left-wing shows. So, you're putting out this general fucking uh, uh, consensus that everyone's not concerned about... Fuck, like, there's people that, are, that do bring this fucking shit up. 
Like they do, like, you know, they're justifying it and all that kind of stuff. But they realize also that a lot of this shit is reactionary. Serve as an obstacle to some of the proposals on the left that, quite frankly, I disagree with. I've never supported police or prison abolition. This is her, right right here, all this right, right here, this last fucking little minute of it, this is her auditioning for... Like, you know, like solidifying herself where the right wing is going to pat her on the fucking, uh, going to pat her on the head and give her a nice, you know, she she likes to use, her and Jang likes to use, oh, no cookies for you. Like, dude, like, you guys sound like fucking dorks. Like, you, you guys want to be cool? You guys sound like the biggest fucking dorks on the planet. Oh, he wants all the cookies. Like, like do you guys, you, in your creative meeting, do you guys think that that was actually fucking creative? Like, you guys don't have a creative bone in your fucking body. Stop trying to be fucking funny. Just be the soulless ghouls, the ghouls that you fucking are. And I've yet to hear a convincing argument in favor of these policies. Yeah, e even if you did fucking hear any fucking, you know, uh, retort to what you're saying, you, you just stated on your show a couple of fucking weeks ago, you don't want to talk to anyone on the fucking left, so stop acting like you're open to a fucking conversation. I have, however, supported the Nordic model for criminal justice oh, and continue up. to do so. Yeah. Over the past month, two different people. I want to know who left, the, one publicly and one privately. I, I, I want to know who these two people are. Well, why don't you just fucking name them then? Because you guys have been naming every single fucking person already. I guarantee you, there's no one that fucking stopped her from doing the story. What's it called? If anything, people are like, "Hey, you're putting out misleading information. Maybe you might want to reconsider it." But you want to double down because you want that right wing fucking audience. You and Jank want your fucking privates fucking grabbed by your right wing oligarch fucking friends. And you want to fucking be a part of that. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, you're never going to be fucking happy. And the people in your fucking life, the more you fucking rise up, right? The, the more you, like, rise in the fucking ranks, right? And being a, and, and you, you'll be able to hang out with all the celebrities who are moving into the right-wing fucking sphere. All the fucking fascist douchebags in fucking show business. It's run by fundamentalism. And they all want to be fucking entertainers. Sorry, sorry to break it to anybody who wants to enjoy entertainment. It's run by fundamentalists. And they, and 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 they aren't liberal. I know that's, that's gonna hurt. I know that's gonna hurt people because people, you know, have to fucking suck up to their billionaire. You know what I mean? People have to suck up to a couple of fucking people in show business and billionaires. And then if you make, if if you don't fucking uh, dick ride every single thing they do, you get dirty fucking look. Which is probably why I'm not allowed at social gatherings because I don't wanna what give like I have to say hundred I have to say good things hundred percent about someone that does a fucking that does a TV show or a fucking movie. I think get fucking dirty looks from fucking different people that, you know, who have sold their fucking soul and they get mad at me for, you know, trying to have a conscience. Urge me to avoid focusing on stories like organized retail theft. While the information I'm sharing is accurate, it allegedly it? hurts the left to share it. Mm. I want to be clear that while I agree with many left-wing policies... See, that, see, that's a dangerous part right there. She's... She she's still presenting herself like she's a progressive, because she knows the trajectory she's going on. But these people don't want like Jimmy Dore and all these fucking people like Ryan Grimm. They're all going more to the fucking right wing. I I wish I didn't waste my fucking time for the last ten years listening to fucking alt media jerk offs who ended up being just as much of a parody as the establishment people they fucking claim to fucking hate. I'm not an activist. And I'm certainly not a propagandist. Yeah, okay. 
My responsibility is to be true. You have no responsibility. You're not true to your fucking audience. You're a stupid piece of shit. Full to my audience and to share nuances of all the complex yeah, okay. issues we discuss every day. You sure you do. Accuracy, fairness, and nuance uh, is what I want to do. Okay. And if I wanted to be a propagandist, I sure as hell wouldn't be doing it for the salary I'm currently making. Ah, uh, the, the, there it is. The, the, there's the key fucking point. That's the key point right now because she's training herself because she knows she's getting a better gig coming up pretty fucking soon. And and then they're also shitting on, uh, listen, I pointed out that a lot of the, like, if they know where the world is going, and, and these people know where this world is going, don't think for a second that Jank and Anna are, like, regular people who are against the establishment. If, 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 if Jank is somebody that has gotten people to office, that means you're just as much of an insider. And I, and, and I, and I understand what to call the fucking public officials... Like, even the ones that are the lower level, whatever, and all that. They're, like, basically sports entertainers. And then you have people who are, like, you know, rich behind the scenes that basically fund their fucking decisions. So it's all fucking gimmicked. So even if Bernie Sanders or the squad um, kind of um, present legislation to tax the wealth... Like, it's a good gesture. I know it's all theatrics because we're moving into... Uh, a direction and everything that we're seeing is all fucking gimmicked until we fucking get there but just her just going off on the fucking progressives for even like like it, it comes off more like oh the like it, it, it doesn't come off like she's like um she's concerned about the theatrics it comes off like i want to be a rich fucking person so if i want to make soup a lot of fucking money um, you know, like, she's presenting it like, you know, like, oh, she d d doesn't fucking, like, oh, she actually wants all this being done, but they're not going to get it done. Well, yeah, of course they're not going to get it done because it's gimmick not to. You know what I mean? I I'm starting to think, actually, that since a lot of you, since the TYT people, in my personal opinion, um, you know, ha have some fucking power with the people that they got in, I'm trying to think that maybe you guys are the ones that put word into them not to actually do anything fucking progressive. And then you get mad at them on the surface for not for, for not doing any capitulating because you guys are the ones that are fucking more associated with the neoliberals and the neoconservatives. In my personal fucking opinion, of course. Right? You know, I don't know. It's 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 a very dangerous and again people and and there's people on the fucking right that don't uh you know um Like, this, it just the way that right-wing can dominate the fucking, uh, the discourse, essentially, you know, the way that they are allowed to dominate and uh, make it seem... Because, again, when you're online, you make it seem like, oh, look, no one's uh, calling this out. But it's like, all you establishment people online are literally fucking calling shit out. You guys are literally talking about them non-fucking-stop. 
like like even 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 the, even the gimmick of like like this is how like a lot of like, again this is when you make your whole personality the last 10 years talking about how bad mainstream media is and people know that mainstream media is shit like i know there's people who are just democrats who will think that saying the media shit is a right wing fucking talking point? And guess what? If the two thousand in the two thousand twenties, you're still doing oh mainstream media bad as your sole personality, and pointing out what CNN isn't covering on their fucking news site, it's like, dude, they've been talking about Hunter Biden since two thousand and nineteen. All these people that are establishment-associated or funded online have been talking about him non-fucking-stop. I've known about this Hunter Biden shit since 2019 because it's all I fucking hear about it. You can't fucking brag about Joe Rogan having more fucking listeners than C- and that CNN, than CNN has viewers and then pretend like Oh, no one in the mainstream... Dude, Joe Rogan is mainstream. Sorry to break it to you. Keep pretending the internet is 1995. I don't give a shit. It isn't. Can you believe CNN only has climate... Listen, the climate change thing is important. But acting like there isn't anybody talking about it is fucking stupid. Oh, the UFOs is a distraction from the Hunter Biden shit. Everyone's been talking about the Hunter Biden shit. Everyone's talking about fucking climate change. Everyone's talking. Then the Hunter Biden stuff is distraction from the UFOs somehow. Like, like a lot of you, like, like, like a lot of you in the alt media, a lot of you online personalities, who over, who who solely just do what CNN or what what Fox or MSNBC. Like you guys are fucking hacks now. You guys realize. It's the equivalent of how people will just use the anti-WWE sentiment. So it must mean that they're super fucking credible and all this shit. Oh my god, they're talking about Kevin Space. Well, that one is a big fucking deal. A fucking powerful man just got off. And there's people involved with these things that fucking die within a fucking year. And he has been on Ghislaine Maxwell and fucking... Uh, He's been on Jizzly Maxwell uh, and Epstein's fucking... Th- like, there's been pictures with them, right? Isn't that fucking important? And you, you have Mike... See, again, this is what... This is where I... Th- see, this is where... What's it called? Um, this is where, um, like, for example, everyone pretended, like... Like, for example, the Me Too movement was supposed to go out of control. And it was supposed to present, like, a regular situation, right? So regular people who deal with this kind of shit will get on, like, whatever side you're on, you know, you'll get on the fucking side that you want to be on. But you're using regular people aesthetic, even though this whole Me Too thing was designed to kind of expose what kind of goes on, but then it was going to be like, oh, maybe there was an overreaction to all the stuff that was going on because, you know, Michael fucking Tracy is defending Kevin fucking Spacey because he technically got, dude, he was scripted to fucking get off. These celebrities are not playing by regular fucking rules. Just because it's playing out in a regular fucking court and it goes on for like a couple of fucking years, that it, it just shows you how much fucking theatrical shit goes on. It's, it's, it's a new form of method fucking acting now. Like, I don't even know if the fucking UFO shit... 
Like, to, to me, listen, to me, I think fucking aliens um, have been here. You know what I mean? And I, I don't think fucking aliens are, like, some green fucking creature. Like, even, even people that fucking want, like, whatever people who are not really into the conspiracy shit start going, like, like they start fucking start entertaining the conspiracy, they'll be like, oh, my God, can it actually exist? Or have there been, like, some secret fucking, like, like the guy that's fucking doing the whistleblowing, Obviously, he's a fucking liar by saying, well, uh, you know, because, again, if they didn't want you to fucking know about it, you wouldn't be in a... This wouldn't be talked about. It wouldn't be fucking on the discourse. It wouldn't be top top of the algorithm 100 fucking percent. So you're already fucking presenting it like no one's fucking talking about this, even though everyone's fucking talking about it. The thing is, I think that they've already been here, and I don't think they look like green fucking creatures. Like, for example, like, you told me that Bill Maher is, like, a different fucking, you know, a different fucking, you know, species. Would you fucking be surprised? The guy doesn't look like a fucking human being. You know what I mean? He'd be so imperfect for someone that would look like a fucking alien. It's always the, it's always the people with, no, with, with, with like, no chins and, 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 no, and, no, uh, no, and no lips who I suspect of being, you know, aliens. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. But these online personalities love to fucking pretend like, uh, they love to pretend like no one's fucking talking about, uh, like no one's, like, talking about any fucking thing that's going on. Everyone wants to pretend... Like, nothing is being talked about whatsoever. Can't just fucking say, oh, look. No, like, in 2023, when everything is literally being discussed online, literally everything is being consumed by other fucking, like, you know what I mean? There's, like, 80 million things that are being put out there. And now they're trying to fucking to put buzz on whatever the fuck. Like, for example, Sam, um, Sam, ba- that guy, Sam Bankman got freed or whatever. The guy who did all that fucking funneling for the Democrats. And believe it or not, he also did it for the Republicans. I know the, you you look up Sam Bankman online, all the top, you, you search by the top, you search by the top. All, all, all he does, all you see on Twitter or on X, all you fucking see is, uh, um, oh, look, they want to cover up for the Hunter Biden stuff, so now, all of a sudden, uh, Sam Bankman, uh, you know, uh, um, got the charges dropped, but didn't he also notoriously help right-wing fucking people as well? Wasn't it the whole fucking thing? Wasn't the wasn't the, wasn't the whole thing about how money that was sent to Ukraine was actually funneled to Democrats, which then would say that a lot of the money that's being quote unquote sent to Ukraine isn't actually helping Ukraine, which would mean that no one's really sending money to Ukraine. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of money being sent there, or whatever. But I'm saying, but like you know, if you already have that being funneled, then they they clearly don't want you to fucking actually be pro-Ukraine at all whatsoever because the online establishment pretends like, 
oh, look, they want you to do this. But, like, legacy media has no credibility to a lot of people. Even if they're making a lot of fucking bank, there's other avenues to go. Like, but but everything with Hunter Biden, everything with fucking Trump, like, with the Bidens and the Trumps, like, there's going to be obvious fucking corruption on both fucking ends. But it's like, it's everything that's being, like, for example, like, oh, um, Hunter Biden's attorney tried to prank call, um, to try to do something, whatever, and all that kind of shit, too. Um, to fuck, you know, to, like, it ended up back, like, his plea, his plea deal ended up fu- backing, here's the thing, the reason why I don't know 100% of what's going on, because I, I, because I know that nothing's gonna happen to any of these fucking people. You can keep talking about how many more indictments you have against Trump, and listen, man, I'm, I'm rooting for fucking evil to be fucking, you know, have their comeuppance and all that kind of shit, but I'm also being a fucking realist when, all of this has been designed just to show you how evil and how fucking criminal this guy is. And he's like one of the only few people that they fucking put on, on you know, in, in front street about that. When like there's probably a lot of fucking people just like Trump who are doing just as much as that, whatever, right? But, but, but by doing that, you are making it seem like they're actually fucking going after him. And, 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 my, and my whole thing is that even if there's, they're coming close to going after him... That's when shit is going to be activated for, you know, people to, you know, do whatever he wants them to fucking do. Or, with the cold sense, everything's supposed to be going in a right-wing trajectory. And the system is run by, like, the Vince McMahons of the world, really, you know what I mean? Mean that, like, you could have a Democrat as a world champion, but the Vince McMahon is going to fucking still book in favor of, like, the right-wing fucking getting more fucking power. So if there's something that is proven right about, like, the elector stuff or or there's a target on Trump, anything, whatever. That's why I, I'm scared to, like, even deny, like, oh, because, again, like, before this Trump shit happened, in, in, in the alt-media space or, like, the social media fucking era, people, like, and, and this is before, like, I, maybe people, they're playing the story on fucking purpose, but it's, like, like, I never remember fucking voting, like, ever being super emphasized when I was fucking younger. And then, like, you know what I mean? Like, like not at the level that it is now, whatever, right? And even though, like, yeah, physically you can go vote and your vote will fucking, like, like, like physically exist and all that kind of shit. If they know, if they knew from, like, 2016 and forward that nothing was ever going to be a conclusive election, like, you know, a conclusive, uh, like, I mean, they, they knew that there would be election denial storyline that's being presented. It's like, even if you go and vote, whatever, and all that, it's going to facilitate a fucking gimmick where, like, something's going to be fucked up from the election, like, not all the votes are going to be counted, the machines went down, or something like that. So I'm not, I'm not discouraging people to go, like, from voting or anything like that. I'm just saying that you're going to notice that no matter what you fucking do, there's always now going to be a... Like, for, I, 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 I knew for the time that the, they started debating it in the 2016, whatever. And, 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 and by the way, I, 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 again, because I believe that, like, elections can be fucking rigged and all that kind of shit. I thought it was rigged against fucking... I, I thought people were making it seem like they wanted Hillary to win. But it was actually like the most transparent thing. Like as soon as it got closer to it, I started re- I started realizing that like the propaganda was making it seem like because Hillary was not a popular fucking person and all that kind of shit. 
that, you know what I mean? So, like, they're already planting those fucking seeds to be, like, you know, have the anti-Hillary fucking sentiment. But because it's online, people didn't think that it was, like, oh, a mainstream fucking thing. But, like, the mainstream online, the alt-media, were the ones that, like, even the people that are saying that, oh, look, all these people backed Hillary. How do I even know that? How do I know that's not a front so they can make it seem like people were backing fucking Hillary, but actually they're actually backing fucking Trump. So I don't know how... I, I know that one of his maintenance guys um, who deleted video or something in the, in, in the room or something like that is also being investigated. I don't know what it's for. There's like too many of these fucking cases that are going on, basically. You know. That's what it fucking seems like. And, you know, people are not, not going to really, you know. Just like, just look at the, just look at the limited, um, just look at the limited, um. Look at the limited shit with um, with Tucker Carlson um and Ice Cube. Like you know what I mean? Like, like again, I'm not telling again because people think that if you criticize the appearance on Tucker Carlson's show, that it automatically means oh you don't like Ice Cube thinking for himself. Uh, and you know he you don't like that he is not being beholden to the Democrats. And again, I'm, I'm sure there's probably people who are in the liberal establishment that would, like, not want him bad-mouthing the fucking, you know, the democratic fucking establishment. But for but for some reason, when you're supposed to call one out, it automatically means that you have to now pretend, like, hanging out with Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk and all that kind of shit means that you're, like, like you know, you're talking with someone that's, like, anti-establishment and then because ice cube will also have like some truthful shit that he has said about the industries and how they fucking run but it's like you know he but but he's again like like you know like he'll talk about how he's not getting a pull or getting his message out there you're literally on social media you have millions of fucking people following you on all your fucking platforms and then you're being heard on bill maher you're being heard on Tucker Carlson. You're being heard on a bunch. You're being heard on Joe Rogan, and then people think, "Oh, look!" But he's just doing it because he wants to get his, uh, he wants to get his message out. Um, um, he wants to get his message out because he wants to speak his truth about the vaccines and, uh, and the and the Black Lives Matter. And it's like, yeah, d- d- don't you see how like the, it's not him getting his message out there. It's him probably being funded to be anti-fucking-vaccine. He probably wants to be fucking funded by being, you know, people act like you can't get millions in other fucking currency or whatever the fuck it is. But you're definitely making bank, making your whole personality being anti-fucking-vaccine. And people somehow think that's fucking truthful. Because there's people in the establishment who are like, you know, the establishment liberals who won't badmouth the fucking liberals who will point out, who will self-preserve and say Ice Cube is doing fucking dangerous fucking shit. 
So that automatically means that I'm not supposed to fucking, you know, I'm not supposed to, uh, like, automatically it means if the, if the established, like, if Rachel Maddow is going off about Ice Cube, that automatically means I can't think that Ice Cube is doing anything problematic because, you know, Tucker Carlson's supposed to be hated by the establishment even though he is a part of the establishment. Like, 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 I'm sorry to break it to you, man. Like, you know, I'm an, I, I was an Ice Cube fan too, so he's parading around with fucking white supremacist. In my, in my personal fucking opinion. And that's an unfortunate, you know. Everyone eventually crosses over to that right wing side. And then all of them want to throw on their NWO shirts, basically. You know. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. It's just it's fucking nuts. Like even um even like um. Like 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 like, like that dude from Socialist MMA and Glenn Greenwald. You know um. They're um, acting like, oh my God, there's an establishment, like there's a Jimmy Dore, like there's a funding against it. I'm sure there's fucking accounts online who are who are like are like propped up, who are probably you know are working with another faction that are gonna counter and go at Jimmy Dore. I'm sure there's people people online are all fucking funded, but to act like. Listen, I'm not saying that fucking Jimmy Dore is the biggest fucking, you know, threat to fucking humanity. But he's definitely working on the side of the people who want to be in, who want to be the face of fascism in the future. So you can use what discredited things people in the establishment did to make it seem like Jimmy Dore could never be that. But he's definitely doing their fucking talking points. He defended Rittenhouse. He did fucking, you know, um, pro-cop fucking talk talking points. He lowered his guard to let a boogaloo boy on his fucking show and not fucking, um, you know, hold... You know, he, he has more vitriol for Starbucks fucking listen, um, um, workers who are trying to fucking, you know, get better wages and all that kind of shit. And you have less fucking, you know... A, you, you have less fucking... Um, like, of a, a pushback against someone that's a boogaloo boy because he said that he's a he's anti-cop and he's pro-Black Lives Matter. Like, someone could... Anyone, it, it, I, I know Jimmy Dore would just take that because Jimmy Dore loves to say that he's anti-fucking-war, but he is, like, you know, amping up fucking, you know, pro-war against marginalized fucking communities with some of the fucking talking point that he's doing. So yeah, J- J- Jimmy Dore, if you're funded by a fucking billionaire, in my personal opinion, then that fucking totally means that you're also fucking dangerous. It doesn't mean you're more dangerous than fucking the politicians and all that kind of stuff, but he's someone that's still fucking dangerous. Like, again, if you're part of the alt-media and your whole thing is like, well, oh my god, you hate Jimmy Dore, so this must mean that you love Joe Biden's fucking jockstrap. Like, dude, like get, get a better nuanced thought. I thought you guys were better than nuanced thoughts. 
You guys used to be good at that type of shit, but now all of a sudden you guys have dumbed yourself fucking down. And now I've fucking succumbed to fucking far right-wing bullshit because it's easy to fucking make money that way. But the, th- the thing about a lot of you guys that fucking are siding with that, you guys are, not, are never going to be fucking happy. Like, realize that what they call these people that are giving you your orders. They fucking look and laugh and they're like, so yeah, we, we got them on our side, but when we need to, we'll fucking turn on them. You know what I mean? And then you guys won't be able to trust each other. See, I know that for a fact that no matter where I go, I won't be able to trust people. That's why I want to leave this fucking planet and not be here anymore. Because everything's going to get fucking worse. Everyone's going to... F- everyone eventually is going to bow down to the fucking far-right fascist fucking side as much as they want to pretend like they... So like so like my so David Rubin is like, oh it's guys like Ice Cube, Jimmy Dore, uh, Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro, and all you know uh, you know all, all, Aaron Mate and all these fucking guys that are gonna save, save the fucking world from uh, you know um, you know f- from the establishment essentially. It's 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 fucking it's sickening. And then you see Ryan Grimm also going in that fucking direction. I'm 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 glad I never thought that guy was fucking charismatic. Again, it's again I used to give the people who are like quote unquote journalist a pass for not being the most charismatic, whatever. Cause I'm like okay, they're doing journalism. They're trying to be sports entertainers and all that kind of shit. Now they're all trying to be sports entertainers, and now that you're trying to, you guys don't have the fucking. I mean, you guys have a backing and you guys have protection. But you, but just letting you know, you put you the protection, and you guys are sociopaths. You guys don't actually have the charisma or the personalities to actually be fucking compelling. And, and anyone from the fucking alt media fucking space that's normalized, a lot of you fucking guys, and you know, I should take some fucking blame because I actually fucking I, 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 you can say that I, you, you can say that I didn't fucking know where the trajectory was gonna go. I, I took a bunch of people that called out Western fucking imperialism. And I thought, okay, well, if they're hanging out with these guys and all that kind of shit, and these guys are fucking being more fucking, you know, embraced a little bit, these guys must be, you know, like good fucking people. But n- now you guys are just as discredited as the mainstream fucking media, and you know, at the end of the day, you're gonna be on, you're gonna play a part. Like the the way you will go at fucking people, who are, you know, oh. They were pro-Iraq war and all that kind of shit, right? You're going to be in that same position in the equivalent of, uh, of, of, of what fucking relates to it in 2020s, in my personal fucking opinion. So when you have someone like Nate Silver going, like, because again, Ryan Grimm is doing the whole lab leak the fucking thing. And again, this is why I never fucking, you know, uh, I never fucking shit on the theory that like this stuff was kind of fucking organized to happen. But see again, if if I'm to if I'm to believe that, then that would mean that they would have the vaccines ready. So anyone who says, "Okay, this was planned," and then they they just pushed um, these vaccines out, like wouldn't that go against the fucking conspiracy nature? Because then they, like, not saying that everyone who was in the know about it was supportive of of the idea of this being fucking done. But I don't think it was just in China that this thing was done. I think it was all over the fucking place. In fact, fucking people are pointing out that Italy was one of the first spots where this fucking was spotted, basically. 
And I remember, I remember the two thousand tens. I would hear about, and again, I I I didn't know the overall like narrative of where this was all gonna fucking go, basically. But I was always like going, oh, um, like. I would watch a movie like Contagion, and I would be like, okay, this is like, you know, something's going to happen in the world, and I'll keep an eye out if they say that something leaked out of a fucking bio lab or something like that. And you would hear a bunch of fucking stories about how it's happened in the fucking U.S. So, to me, I think for, like, this whole thing to fucking go the way it's gone, I personally think that it's, like, you know, a lot of the fucking far right-wing leaders in general are the ones that are fucking responsible for what's fucking happening. And some people have... And there's people who are who might be on, like, the left fucking side who know, like, how this was going to be... Oper- like, how this was going to run, but they can't say anything. So all they got to do is self-preserve and talk about... Because, again, like, in the end, the whole, the whole pro-vaccine thing, to me, is going to be proven to be, like, you know, like, the right fucking call... But if discredited fucking legacy media members are the ones that have been encouraging you and they've lied about a lot of other things, then you're going to obviously then go, okay, well, if they fucking lied about this, I shouldn't take the vaccine. That's actually them self-preserving. So that they can, so they, so they, so then in the future, when everyone looks back at this, they will say that the establishment did mention and warned about what was going to fucking happen. But like when you're living in the current world right now, and because people who are in the establishment have said fucking shit that has been a lie in the past, now you use that to not believe anything they fucking say. And they used to work, by the way, that used to fucking work a lot, right? They used to work a lot because with the cold day of, you know what I mean, in the 2010s, that would work a lot. But now a lot of the people that are pointing at the mainstream media as lying are also the ones that lie as well. For some reason, the alt-media can be held accountable. All they can do is just fucking sit there and talk about how the mainstream and legacy media is so fucking bad and make that your entire fucking personalities like it fucking means anything in 2023. You're all fucking compromised. So when like someone like Nate, because Nate Silver and Ryan Grimm have been at odds, but now it's like, I, it's like now I, I don't believe these people have been at odds. I think... Because, again, eventually they all come around to agreeing with each other to make it seem like, see, I disagree with this guy a lot, but I'm agreeing with him now, so that must mean that my fucking word is credible. Like, 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 I, I'm, not, I'm not even, honestly, I'm not even going to buy into the whole, uh, I'm not even going to buy into the Cornell West and Jimmy, like, like Jimmy Dore getting at, like, even though Jimmy Dore will go at fucking people and you can kind of call him out, then I also think that he knows, he knows fully well what, that he is not credible to a certain section of people online now. But because there's certain people still who are going to wait for their moment to cross over to the right-wing fucking side. So now they're pumping up like, okay, well now you should be pro-Cornell West's run because Jimmy Dore is now kind of critiquing it. You know what I mean? It'll probably end up that Jimmy Dore, that Cornell West didn't go on his show. But here's the thing, Cornell, if Cornell, Cornell, West, is an insi- Cornell West is an insider, 
All right, he know he he he. When you go on like Russell Brand show, and you go on all these fucking shows, and then you just focus on the corporate fucking media. And again, I have no issue with going at fucking the corporate media. Like you know what I mean? Like you are you know what I mean? You 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 have valid fucking points about what they fucking contributed. But if you're not also mentioning the alt media now has also been fucking compromised then it's like you're just using the alt-media space to basically do the fucking 2010s talking point. Because if Cornell Rest had done this in 2010s, this would have fucking most likely convinced me. But because he already has, he already has inside fucking knowledge of, uh, of like, who's corrupt and who's compromised. Like, if he was, like, le- legit wanting to actually, like, have a credible fucking run, right, with, with this fucking presidency that he's doing... He would have just automatically gone to the fucking the Green Party. It it feels like he purposely did that where people are fucking mad. So then the people who are defending him still from going to the Green Party over the people People's Party will then go see you guys are getting mad that Cornell West is now just you know, he learned his lesson and he's going it's like he he knew on purpose. That was like by design to get the initial fucking heel run. Again, I'm not saying that he doesn't make any fucking valid points, but just because Jimmy Dore is kind of soft bashing him now, that doesn't automatically mean that, you know... Again, this is why I say sports entertainment is fucking dangerous. They can make you think that you have to fucking now support somebody if somebody who's discredited hates them. So now if you're on the left that hates Jimmy Dore, now you're going to think Cornell West is completely credible now because Jimmy Dore is going at him. You know, I don't know. That's what drives me fucking crazy about all this shit. By the way, there's a whole fucking takeover in, um... Is it is it Niger or is it Niger? Like, the you know, the, the, that... I never, I never know which, you know. But apparently there was a coup. Um, people, 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 the, the online accounts, like a lot of the ones that have blue check marks, and now that the blue check marks are the ones kind of propping this up, like you know, like it's a good thing. Um, because the, the supposed um, um, puppet president that they had was um instilled by the fucking US and France apparently. That's what the online narratives are. I don't know if that's fucking completely fucking true. But don't you think that the if you're gonna talk about the US fucking interfering, you, you don't think US fundamentalism has a play in helping this coup take place as well then? Like you don't think the US has any backing in, in over there going on? I I I'm sure this is gonna be like for example they fucking took uh like you know, it's like the like whole wrestling angle shit man like they took a hostage of a of a, of like a, a news broadcast to fucking do this you know and you know it looks like it looks nuts man I don't know is that symbolism of things to come because they practice it in other places before it becomes a thing in the Western world you know what I mean. So part of me wonders if this is, like, the first step of, like, cause again, you, you've been hearing about more fucking coups being done the last couple of years, and, like, 
What was it? Again, maybe I'm wrong. I can't keep with everything that's been going on. Didn't Bolivia have a fucking coup happen there already as well or something like that? I don't know. I can't keep up with what's going on there. But, you know, I'm looking at the overall symbolism of where things are fucking... Where I perceive them to go. I'm not saying that I'm a a well-researched... I'm not a fuck. I'm I'm bare, I'm not an expert. I don't pretend to be a fucking expert. But me me putting down like again me me as a dumb down guy, putting down my fucking thought process. You know what I mean? Like that's also frowned upon apparently. You know people who who pretend to who fancy themselves, like the smartest in the fucking room. But I I never fancy myself the smartest in the fucking room just because I have my own theories about stuff. And again, my theories don't have to be 100% fucking correct at all whatsoever. But if I can look at the overall patterns of what I fucking see and how things fucking go, are you going to hold that against me? So yeah, if if that's, conspir- if that's conspiratorial, then yes, I'm sorry for being conspiratorial. At least I'm using my conspiratorial shit to move more to a fucking, you know, evolvement. And more like, you know, more on the fucking left fucking side. If I'm going to fucking, you know, otherwise I could just easily just buy into right wing conspiracies and take and and pretend that I'm on the fucking actual quote unquote good side because there might be conspiracies that might be proven true where the right wing will take fucking credit for because people who are on the left or Democrat will completely deny that any conspiracy will fucking exist. People want to play by the official facts. I mean, okay, fine, yeah, go ahead if you think that fucking suits you, but nowadays you got to be a fucking sports entertainer to fucking counter this shit. And and some of these people who are, you know, who are on the left, basically, who are trying to counter that shit, have to do it within fucking limits. Like, even if you said the most factual fucking shit, people already are be, are being lured in by other ways of doing that, so. Nothing makes any fucking sense, man. I don't know. Let me, uh, hold on, let me see what's going on here. With, um... <sighs> no internet connection. I don't know if the internet's gone down. Even when the sky is falling down, down, down. Even when the I've been trying 
to make you love me. Let me pause for a second. Alright, well, at least I have one connection here. Give me one second. Okay, so I'm just looking at some of the stuff that's going on right now in Niger. I always thought it was pronounced Niger, Niger but people, I see people pronouncing it with a with a short I. I I'm just glad that it, it isn't the G, like the G sound, because because uh, I, I remember when I first saw, saw that, I thought someone just misspelled. I was like, oh, someone making a joke about it, whatever, and they're just trying to, you know what I mean? Because, again, like, you know, because it was in a racist fucking world. But I had no fuck, you know. Cause again, I, I again, cause I, I'm not good with geography. I, I, I have these places that I never, I never heard the name of or any of that. So like the last ten years, I've heard of the name, whatever. I thought I, I for, for, for a while I thought it was pronounced not uh, nigh, like nigh, and then the, the you know the the guh sound, whatever. You know what I mean? I thought it was pronounced that way, but. And and so then then so then I saw heard people say it, and I could have sworn maybe it's a Mandela effect going on, where like you know before it was pronounced Niger, but now people are pronouncing it Niger. Right. But apparently, well, I got I can't. So people are pointing out that the U.S. has had involvement with even, like, the coup people in it. But you see what I mean when people, when people fucking, when people in the establishment complain about Russia meddling and all that kind of stuff. And then you're like, look, look, look what the U.S. has done over in Africa and, how, you know. The coup leader joins a uh, joins a long line of U.S. trained mutineers, apparently, from the intercept right here. So seven hours ago. They're chanting Russia. You know. So I don't know what's going on with any of this shit, really. Good luck trying to figure it out. I I just don't know what's going on. Just everything seems to be, you know. And they're putting curfews in. You know, I I don't know. It's just it's hard to keep up with what's going on. 
But to me, I'm just looking from from a dumbed down fucking perspective. From my, from you know, I'm just looking at the overall fucking trajectory of fucking shit going on, basically. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just sorry. I know it's dead air, but I'm just kind of reading. Sometimes I, th- I think I'm, like, doing a live stream and, like, people can follow along with what I'm fucking reading and all that, but I'm like, fuck, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's just it's, it's, I just I. Like the, like this should be a bigger bigger deal, but. Like, like you know you you realize like I I've been pointing out how much our fucking lives are like, um, like like it's like a manifestation of all the entertainment that we've consumed, like you know political drama, you know like you know like, sci-fi thrillers and all that type of shit, and it's, like, you're, like, watching it, like, you know what I mean, like, just a notion of, like, you know, it it just playing out, like, the way it is, it's, like, it's always levitated by fucking comedy somehow, because everything has to be levitated towards fucking comedy, non-fucking-stop. Who knows what's happening? It's not nothing good's happening though, man. Um, but, but another big thing was Mitch McConnell. Again, people are looking like like um, I, I guess this is gonna be the mainstream one of like you know people acknowledging it. But over the last ten years, there's been a compilation of different politicians, who are different public figures in general. For the last like ten years or so, there's been compilations of people like the, the the of of perceived people who are like I know for like the normies and the regular people that take in like who have to like ground what they're saying in reality, right? You know what I mean? Even though like okay, it's one thing to present like that way, but like if you're not like I'm not saying you you should like I'm not saying you shouldn't uh. Like, I'm not saying you shouldn't fucking try to aim for that, but when we live in a world where I feel like shit's way more advanced than we fucking let on, and these public figures and celebrities are, like, not regular people whatsoever, like, even though they have the aesthetic of that, you know what I mean? So part of me wonders, like, is it a fucking clone that's malfunctioning 
is he is Mitch McConnell and AI, and he he's malfunctioning. At, you know, the advancements in his body malfunctioning, but then it always has to go. It has to deal with like him just suffering from old age, and that, and and listen, that could probably be it. You know, if these guys aren't like regular human beings and all that kind of shit. But you know, I've seen a compilation like the one of the more infamous ones was um. What's that? What's that news? That fucking weatherman dude, Al Roker. Al Roker, who's you know. I'm I'm thinking of the Seinfeld days, you know, the chubby weatherman. But yeah, the one of the more obvious ones in the last couple of years was uh, the um, Al Roker basically freezing on air essentially, and 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 part and here's another part of me because everything is supposed to be viral for social media. Like maybe like the it, it, it like these people are who they are, but then they're de- but then if that's the case, then they're definitely I think they're definitely doing it to fuck with us, like knowing that this would go fucking viral, but like the, like there have been cases of the like the the one with Hillary Clinton a couple of years ago, that one looked like she was really fucking possessed, like the way that she just completely malfunctioned. And her, like, you know, she, she stopped, and her, like, her tongue is kind of, like, sticking, like, her mouth is open, and then her neck basically fucking, you know what I mean? Part of me thinks either there's some malfunctioning going on with their fucking clones, or are they fucking, you know, just, just fucking with us, essentially. You know? Because, again, they know that everything they're gonna do is gonna go viral. Like, again, and, and there's money to be made for going viral. Especially now that it's obvious that people who get a blue check mark on Twitter, if you interact with them, like somehow they'll be part of the payout because people have inter- interacted and engaged with their fucking tweets. So, and again, to me, that's to me that's always been the fucking case. I think if you're someone that got good engagement online, you are making fucking bank off of it on some level, and you're probably paid by the fucking. Uh, you're probably paid by it, you know what I mean? But now it's obvious now because it's being done for by Elon Musk, essentially. But everyone has to dumb shit down, essentially, you know? Let me see Mitch. Let me see Miss Clone. Let me see. But yeah, I mean, the, 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 the reason, listen, I know there's also fucking, again, people will think that me thinking someone's a clone is a stupid conspiracy. Here's, here's the thing, the reason why I don't poo-poo on all, some of the conspiracies that are out there, because if some of them are proven right, do you really want, like, that being, uh, unless you're somebody that is actually secretly right-wing, and then when, like, it, the right-wing are, pro- like, when the right-wing can get a claim they're right about something... 
then you'll automatically will all go, oh, well, I guess I was wrong about conspiracies. And then you, that'll be your way of welcoming the fucking right-wing fucking narrative that are going on. That's why I'm saying, even if you're not a right-winger, I, I know it's been, it's, it's been a popular fucking thing to put conspiratorial shit and define it by fucking, you know, flat earth and all that bullshit. But then part of me wonders, you guys are helping people, people who are already cynical against shit, to go more to the fucking right wing. You, you know how many people who are supposed to be good-hearted fucking people that have wanted to push me more to the fucking right wing so they have justification to, like, you know... Like, you know, basically, like, try to... Like, because they they probably gear up enough material ab- about me where they want to fucking attack me, basically. And then so if, I, if I'm on the right-wing fucking side, they're like, ah, he has a good heart. But he's, like, really ugly, and he stutters, and he has all these conspiracies and all that kind of shit, you know? And again, maybe if I was really... Uh, still, like, If I didn't question, if, question everything... And I'm someone that literally questioned everything because even when I was engaging with conspiratorial fucking stuff on reddit and message boards and all that kind of shit i would end up pissing off people in that world as well because i would then fucking be questioning stuff that's being posted online because i'd be like if they didn't really want us to see it and this is the 2010s then would we really really fucking so then that's when i started leading towards more of the faction warfare going on where um, there's people, people in different factions trying to discredit each other and all that kind of shit. Like the same day they're talking about aliens, you're like, you, you, you literally have a fucking show called Secret Invasion, where you're like at least making people get to that com- fucking con- get to that conclusion. Like, even the people that are getting mad about the Jamie Foxx uh, clone things, it's like, yeah, if you're going to get mad at the conspiracy about that, guess what? The establishment are the ones that are fucking planting those conspiracies. Like, that's the thing about the anti-conspiracy fucking people that I I don't understand. It's like, yeah, fine, I can admit, like, as a conspiracy guy, there's probably funded fucking conspiracies to lead you into fucking far right-wing shit. But can't you also then admit that the system or the the same establishment that you're trying to socially climb up on, you are, you know, <clears throat> you're going to be on, you know, you're going to be helping, uh, you're helping them by, like, propping them up. But at the same time, they're the ones who are probably the ones who are behind a lot of the conspiracies that have fucking circulated online. But a lot of you don't want to call the fucking system out that fucking bad for some odd reason. I don't I, I never understand that, you know. People just wanna play people again, like I, I, at least like in 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 the fucking in the this is why I probably like Sopranos a lot, whatever. At least like that that scene like it's like it's grounded in reality, but at least like in their world they they acknowledge that mafias fucking exist still. You know what I mean? And they also fucking... It's canon that there is some supernatural shit going on. You know? 
And for some reason, people can't fucking believe that there isn't, like, there's some supernatural shit going on. But there's definitely something, at least they're trying to make it look like there's something going on. But I, I, for the first time, the right wing is supporting defunding the police because DeSantis is, like, defunding the, pol- uh, the police from the, from the, to protect, like, property on Disney. So to me, if you're doing that, that not that me since he has a state guard and all that kind of shit, and they're building a militia. Part of me wonders if like there's no police around for for the Disney shit, will there be an uptick of fucking like some like you know some, like some danger that goes on to like some of the people that are you know at the fucking I don't know, I I I never know how the whole Disney fucking thing works like as far as that being its own little fucking. Uh, it's own little county, and it's, you know, it, I, I can never understand that. It's like, you know, you know, Jesus, man. Let me see, what, what, what exactly is going on with DeSantis and Disney? So he's against defunding the police, but not if they're at Disney World, basically. Even if he, even if this guy, right, doesn't get the presidency, because people are like, oh, he better not be president, so you better pray. But it's like, it, it, it doesn't matter if he doesn't win the president. He's, like he's in Florida running amok. He, he, he's like in a powerful position, already doing fucked up shit and normalizing more fucking fascist fucking shit. You know, so see how, um, let's see how this goes, I don't know. Everything is supposed to turn to bedlam anyway, so who's to fucking, who's to know what will go on? I guess there was big news that Giuliani accuses one of the people who are electors who like you know didn't want to go along with their with their fucking thing, calling them a fraud basically. So apparently that was a big fucking news because everyone loves fucking any incentive going on there. By the way, this the soccer player, Killian, Mbappe. He was offered like you know almost close to a billion dollars from Saudi Arabia. To come play in, like, you know... It, what's it called? If you're paid that much... What's it called? It, 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 okay, what's it called? Is it because it's... it's Saudi, like, again, is this anything to do with the Saudi government? Or, like... I guess because, like, you know, they're, if they're offering that much money... Anyone, anyone in Saudi Arabia, that kind of money is obviously part of, like, you know, the... Again, I, I never know... I never know... Because everyone will just say anything in Saudi Arabia is fucking evil, right? You know what I mean? Like, even people that, like, pretend to be concerned about the government... They'll even generalize, like, citizens that are all over there, you know what I mean? It's like, well, if, if you're so worried about their corruption and how horrible they are, 
wouldn't there have to be innocent people that would have to be like you know like you know victims and cannon fodder for the government or you you want to pretend like you you want to pretend like you're anti Saudi royals and all that kind of shit, but at the same time, you're also going to lead the conversation to thinking everyone in Saudi Arabia is like that. And then, you know, you get fucking on your high horse, whatever, anyone goes, yeah, what about the U.S. though? You're like, oh, you're going to bring up the U.S.? Well, yeah, you guys are fucking aligned. You're fucking, you know, your delegation, but, you know, behind the scenes are aligned with fucking Saudi Arabia, so how are you any fucking better? They'll always, like, give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, it, all it'll take for them is to go, okay, Saudi Arabia, and then we're not doing a deal anymore. That's, like, the, the, that's the end of their fucking corruption. So, anyway, and, and listen, and no athlete is worth that kind of fucking money. So to me is like oh like even if like being that if even if if this guy um Killian uh um you know even this Killian guy what to call like Mapabe Mapape Mapape is is the M let me see how to pronounce it hold on I don't know how to pronounce these fucking names. Mbappe, easy, Kylian Mbappe, so in English, rather similarly, Kylian Mbappe. Okay, so I guess the M is Kylian silent. Mbappe. Kylian, I, I, again, so then I, I never know when the fucking words are supposed to be fucking silent. I, I'm that fucking stupid. But he's being offered, you know. But the thing is, even if he's offered other fucking money from... Like, I mean, that you're not just... When you make that kind of fucking loot, like, you're... Ta- like, like, I'm talking about people in the system, right? Your talent is not worth... Like, I'm talking about your pure talent is not fucking worth, like, all... Like, you know, the most fucking money. There has to be other factors for you to play up... Like, you, there has to be other factors for stuff. Um... But, like, whenever anyone's making that kind of scroll, to me, it's like, you know, like, it also includes what, what your discourse is going to fucking be in the whole thing as well. That's why, like, all all these fucking celebs make that money. It's not because of, like, you know, just their talent, you know what I mean? Because now it's going to be involved them also playing a part of the propaganda also becoming fucking social media fucking characters like what you do outside all this shit it also you know it it, it makes it seem like it, it, it makes it seem like things are getting out of control so then you then have no choice but to like go well somebody needs to step in to stop these guys you know what i mean that's why the whole wrestler thing whatever is like so fucking stupid because people have to go oh well you better get tony khan to step in you know, you know, I mean, you you'll advocate you'll advocate for fucking you know Vince McMahon level shit while blaming it on the fucking like wrestlers solely or the cogs in the fucking system. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just shows you that a lot of you didn't want to make fucking change. You just want to pretend because you have a new fucking promotion. And that's your fucking, you know what I mean? Like, again, if you point it out, they get fucking mad at you for pointing it out. That's why, like, you know, like, instead of actually fixing their women's division, they rather, you know, do the whole, like, like, for example, they probably, again, what they're called, Taya Valkyrie and Brit, like, you know what I mean, like, Brit might be a little bit sloppy at times, but she's still fucking capable, and I guess because they need, uh, you know, the, 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 the whole women's fucking division, um, to be, like, you know, like, uh, focused on, but instead of just fixing it, and, and, and here's the thing, they are capable of fucking fixing it. I, I don't care what the kayfabe online excuse is to excuse why Tony Khan can't fucking fix it. He can fix it at any time. He's more concerned with having fucking this work shoot shit with Brit and fucking Thunder Rosa. So now what the call he's designed it for Brit to be the fucking villain. Um, you know what I mean? Like, even though Brit is doing the gossipy stuff, whatever, but don't act like Tony Khan isn't encouraging that type of shit. Like, I, I, I know Lufisto, um, you know, uh, and again, she's a very talented fucking person. Um, I guess she's angling for a fucking job because she's like, you can't blame the promoters for not booking women. It's the women who go on social media and do this type of thing. Yeah, but who's encouraging it? It's the fucking billionaires. It, 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 it's, it's, it's amazing that what they call these billionaires can orchestrate and fund a lot of the stuff that goes on for 24-7 news cycle, constantly doing work shoots and all that kind of shit, and people want to play fucking dumb and pretend like it's all the fucking women's fault, not that the billionaire is giving incentive for it, so social media fucking climbers can all fucking, you know, um, say stupid shit. And then when someone like Brit fucking ha like listen, I'm not saying Brit's fucking um like Brit making fun of some fans fucking, you know, um some person online's appearance or her dress, whatever. You know what I mean? Because she's claiming bully bullying, whatever, and all that kind of shit. I think Brit's capable of doing a bully shit herself. But maybe Brit's like answering somebody who she knows is not a real fucking fan and just an online social climber. Like there's a lot of people online like, I'm not talking about people who just give, um, you know, the, the criticism and all that kind of shit. There's a lot of fucking people online who have incentive to basically get propped up and given rewards to basically put fucking talent um, in, 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 you know, in, 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 get in their fucking head. They can't, the company can't do it officially themselves anymore, right? So they need their fucking social media fucking climbers to do it. But now they're putting Brit in the position where she has to be the fucking villain. My personal fucking, my, my personal feeling is that they, uh, Tony Khan pretended to be like, you know, a Brit Baker fucking supporter until he got Adam, until he got Adam Cole at their fucking disposal. Like, if you just can't book a fucking women's division and you're more focused on this CM Punk and elite shit, and, oh my god, not... Like, oh my god, instead of just giving us Osprey and Omega, you're now fucking doing discourse because Jericho's fucking hated, so now you're going to give Jericho versus Osprey. The funny thing is, if, if this storyline with Callus is, like, you know, going to actually end up somewhere good, that would be one fucking thing. But because you've train people to dread Jericho fucking, you know, uh, programs, even though they might start off pretty decent, they always end up fucking falling apart, and to me, even that's by fucking design, 
So then everyone, you know what I mean? And Tony Khan knows what he's fucking doing. But again, everyone has to be a fucking discourse company. And the, and the more I bitch about it, you know what I mean? People who are insiders, whatever, and who hate the fact that with the cold, I'm like kind of giving my opinion on what goes on. It always has to end with fucking, you know, um, it always has to end with like, oh, well, with the cold, we're going to gaslight it even more and make it fucking even more worse. So I, I, I don't buy that Taya Valkyrie and Britt Baker, um, you know, fucked up, like, you know, by accident. I think that was on purpose for the online fucking discourse, essentially. Because that's how Tony Khan fucking books for the fucking internet. He wa- he wasted fucking time with Pac versus Gravity so he could fucking get that stupid inside fucking joke in. And all, all, all for, oh, look, CM Punk made fun of, uh, um, you know, uh, made fun of the merch that was being sent up for ROH because it had the wrong city and the wrong fucking date. And it's basically a jab at the one of the Bucks' wife because the one of the Bucks' wives works in the merch department or something like that, apparently. So, again, like, everything, again, everything has to fucking, you know, feel, you know, be, has to center around CM Punk and all these fucking people. And then, and then, and then, Soraya is also, uh, shit. Soraya is also fucking shitting on, like she liked, uh, you know, that guy that backup Hangman, uh, who again, he he he's obviously an insider who who's been getting propped up online. I think CM Punk is probably the one who's been uh, kind of behind the scenes, like you know, because again, like you know, I mean, CM Punk's the one that kind of, uh, like you know, kind of boosted him up a lot. You know, a lot of wrestlers are boosting that guy up. But Soraya, Soraya liked, uh, she liked one of his tweets about the outcast storyline not doing well. And again, by fucking design. Instead of just fixing the women's division, which they can do, and they showed that they're fucking capable when they booked the TBS title tournament. They did that really well. They did a nice fucking feud with Sheeta and Serena fucking Deeb. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what I mean? Okay, it's fine. I'll go to other companies to watch it. But guess what? Don't pretend you're an alternative. It, it, all it is is a CM Punk elite shit show. A bunch of fucking self... Like, if CM Punk was actually a fucking leader like he fucking says he is, like he, he keeps pretending like he's a fucking leader. Maybe tell your fucking mark of a boss, the Bischoff, you know, the Pakistani Bischoff, tell him to book a fucking women's division properly. But then again, CM Punk, you know, he's, he's, abu- he's abused women trainees, so he, he's not going to fucking vouch for anybody. Unless it's his own fucking ego and his fucking stupid... If, if, if you're someone that's calling yourself a fucking collider, seriously, don't ever fucking... Inter- Again, you're not going to interact with me anyways, but you know what? Don't interact with me. Anyone who calls himself a fucking collider, you're a fucking jerk-off. I don't care how many girls you're fucking... How many girls you pretend you're fucking because you're a fucking self-hating fucking, you know... Um, a self-hating fucking closeted fucking person who has to act overly misogynistic and homophobic, whatever... If you call yourself a fucking collider, you're a fucking jerk off. I'm gonna pretend, I'm gonna tear down like instead of e- e- elevating both fucking you know like people that are doing good work on both fucking shows, it has to be this fucking elite fucking CM Punk shit. How 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 about both fucking clicks just fucking leave and fuck off forever? Holy shit. And again, I'm 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 a, I'm I'm a fan of punk. I'm a fan of the elite, but I don't have to fucking support like oh my god this oh my god CM Punk and the elite oh CM Punk is uh, being victimized because you know he didn't get his fucking way. I don't know. Maybe you fucking talk about Big Swole, but I guess that's not fucking good enough too. That's Tony Khan's fucking revenge because the guy's a fucking he's like he's a fucked up person in the head. 
Again, the guy is more interested in being a fucking character. Okay, can there be an owner that doesn't end up being a fucking jerk off in the whole fucking thing? And 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 nobody who wants access to the press conferences is ever gonna fucking really call them out. So like, like there's no point. Like you know what I mean? It, it, it's it's like a, a little fucking social club for all. Like no one's gonna hold these people fucking accountable. They're just gonna pretend. Again, this is just my personal fucking opinion. See, I'll, I'll 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 give I'll give him props for hiring Chris Hero, for you know an agent gig because Chris Hero is a good fucking wrestling mind to have, you know what I mean? He's a, he's a really good wrestling mind to have, um, for that shit. I think they even I don't know if uh, you know Scott Taylor, Scotty Too Hotty from Too Cool, I don't know if he's officially hired or he's trying to get a gig there, but. I'm sure. I'm sure his anti because again, remember he went viral because he didn't want to um, wrestle somebody that was trans, whatever. So it feels like that's like the social media storyline to kind of get you prepared for it. I feel like some of these wrestlers already kind of went in that direction where they're planting that seed and then it's gonna play a part in their fucking new character essentially. You know what I mean? People will exploit that shit. Apparently, Leo Rush is injured, so he can't go to GCW. But I know Impact is all, like, this week's already taped, but they're taping other shit. So I don't know how long the injury is where Leo, like, if Leo Rush has to, like, forfeit the fucking, you know, if he now has to forfeit the fucking, you know, the X Division title, basically. But again, these injuries to me are always systemic, but it's always like, oh, did he retire? Did Leo, like, like, like dude, like, okay, even if the joke was fucking funny, right? Okay, it's like, you guys hate when WWE hammers home and does all these over-the-top fucking, like, jokes that, like, end up not being funny. But, like, the people who are online have become, like, WWE where they think that, like, the jokes that they hammer home are the ones that are fucking funny. Oh, my God, you're gonna go, you're, you're gonna go on 4-on-1 Mania and comment about Leo Rush retiring? It's like, okay, like, like I, I'm just saying, even if, even if that joke was fucking funny... Like, hasn't there been enough people that have made the joke where, like, now you kind of... Like, some, some people have to, like, retire some of these fucking jokes. Like, you, like, you know what I mean? Like, everyone's so, everyone's so fucking eager to try to be the funniest fucking person when, like, not everyone is fucking that fucking funny. Like, realistically, like, one or two fucking jokes will actually be legit fucking funny. Most of the time, it's just people having to fucking fake laugh. I could never fucking, you know, like, do, like, the fuck... Like, the here's the thing. Because I consumed so much fucking comedy over the last fucking, you know, uh, 10, 15 years, even if I find something funny, I don't necessarily laugh out loud. So when sometimes I do laugh out loud, it might sound like it's fucking fake, but it's like... If I don't fucking react and say, hey, that's funny, people will feel fucking slighted. So people feel comfortable with hearing an audible fucking laugh. So sometimes it might be genuine, but sometimes I might put like a little laugh there, even if I still do find something funny, but I'm not physically laughing out loud, basically. Like something had to take me by surprise for me to like genuinely laugh out fucking loud, basically. But it doesn't mean that I don't find things funny. You know what I mean? Because I don't fucking laugh at every single thing that's considered fucking funny.
I don't know. What's it called? Um, so yeah, Osprey. Again, I don't know. What, I don't know what the direction of this whole. Again, Tony Khan hasn't announced a goddamn thing for All Out or All In. He hasn't given us a fucking like how, how's it gonna be. Like again, the these guys have no fucking like you know like, like you you know that fucking people can't always afford to fucking buy both fifty dollar fucking pay per views. So make it fucking easier if you're gonna fucking do two fucking, you know, pay-per-views or whatever the fuck you're doing. Announce fucking something. Like, the only thing that's, you know, the only thing that we know about for All Out, at least, for the Chicago show, is that it's fucking Darby versus Luchasaurus. And I'm sorry, that's not really going to be selling me on this. But, like, you could book a lot better, but again, they're more focused on doing discourse shit all the time. Like, when you're more focused on that, then it's like... You you want the product to fucking suffer. Apparently, apparently, Brandy Rhodes has uh, been in the WWPC. Maybe she's performing for DeSantis. I don't know. Um, no, but no, she she was perform. Here's the thing: whatever her role is going to be in the future, whether she does go back to the ring or wrestling, maybe she's just trying to take bumps because maybe she's going to be a personality, and you still got to take some type of bumps, whatever. Like she's like you know, to like you know, be a per- on on air personality, whatever. But like you know, I couldn't if if Cody does end up turning fucking heel in WWE, which I I do think will be po- it'll be one of those ironic things. Oh, he didn't want to do it in AEW, but he did in WWE. I can see them bringing Brandy in as that, but you know if she if if she's still a face with him, then it's like she's designed to be fucking hated on. And not saying that she doesn't say pretentious shit, but I always feel like the system whenever they're amplifying someone to be a personality, they always do put the women the woman in that in that position where there's a lot more vitriol towards her for just being like mean that like. The people that are going to have valid criticisms who are like, you know, like not hateful of women at all whatsoever. But there's people who already like, even if someone's problematic, whatever, but like they're just jumping on it because they want it will be their chance to be anti-woman. Like it's 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 the same thing with like the Hillary Clinton shit. Like even though like I could get behind people who criticize her record and stuff that she fucking says. But there's people who are not in good faith that will back other corrupt people that will fucking have an anti-Hillary thing. And I'm supposed to find common ground with them. Even though if there's a more left-leaning woman that exists out there, those same people that are having common ground with some of these edge edgelord leftists, whatever, about Hillary Clinton, they will then fucking become massages to other fucking people. So I, 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 even if you have that common fucking hatred for fucking Hillary Clinton, right, why would you still want to get behind fucking people that are doing it by them being fueled by misogyny? Just because your hatred for Hillary Clinton is not fueled by misogyny, you are criticizing what her what she's done as a politician. I, I never I never understand that. You know what I mean? But but again, I'm not comparing Brandy to Hillary Clinton. I'm just saying that there's always. Like, I never felt comfortable with the vitriol towards her. You know what I mean? Even though I don't... Like, you know what I mean? Even though I knew her and Cody were going to be social media characters where they're going to be saying stuff to, like, cater to the online shit and then also get shit on. You know what I mean? Who told you it was open mic night, bitch? 
I, 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 I kind of miss Brandy Rose, to tell you the truth, man. You know what I mean? She, I don't know. I, I, I personally don't, I personally don't mind her. I know what I mean? Like, you know. But, like, people, I, I, as soon as she became more of a fucking, you know, a figure in, like, in a, in a, like, for, like, before AEW started, people, I, I already heard peep the comments from people that already fucking, you know, were shitting on her nonstop. I, I think uh, later today, High Spots is doing a fucking you shoot interview with Nails. Right, I'm actually, I'm actually interested. I don't know if it's just gonna be one of those like you know, oh, nothing much is gonna be discussed. But because Vince McMahon has kind of been in the discourse the last year or so for whatever he's doing, like I know Nails had a fucking confrontation with this fucking guy. People, I don't know, I don't know the rumor was it was a dispute over pay because the internet rumor that was passed by the message board was that Vince McMahon sexually harassed Nails, and then someone came in and caught Nails, like, choking him out from that. Which wouldn't fucking surprise me, but I don't know if that's, like, actually the truth, whatever. You heard different versions of it. So I'm wondering if, like, something revolutionary will come out from from this interview, or if it just... Well, let me see. Let me see. Uh... So when do you find out you are getting hired? Do you get the fab, the the legendary? We're gonna bring you to New York and give you the the limo ride to Connecticut that so many people have talked about over the years. Yep, so what's that, that experience like going? That's to what they did. And they flew me into New York, and you know the limo picks you up, and they want you to feel like you're a big shot, and you think this is the, you know, I've already I've made it to the top now, and so uh, you know they bring you to a doctor and have you do a a drug test and uh, <clears throat> health test and EKG and run you to that, run you out to Stanford, Connecticut to uh, talk to, I actually talked to I, I imagine if he was going to say something about Vince McMahon, that would have been like the leading fucking like, trailer for it, you know what I mean? Because they, they, that would then sell you on it. I don't know if they're just holding out. Talked to Vince and uh, said, we're going to do this and this is our angle and we're looking for for somebody to uh, come out and, and do a character against a big boss man, someone from his past. And what do you kind of ideas do you have for that character? And I came up with, uh, well, I could come out and I could wear the old. Sorry, hold on. So when do you. The blue shirt and the blue oh. pants with the red striped on the side or an orange jumpsuit. And I said, an orange jumpsuit would probably be best because that would really stand out more in the crowd, in the ring, under the lights, than the other two costumes. So that's what they said. And so we went with the orange jumpsuit. And then I, Vince asked what kind of, uh, when we came to do the TV taping, you know, first they had me come in and do some uh, voiceovers. And I fly out to New York and go to the studio and do some voiceovers for about a month and a half. Every couple of weeks, I'd get you. Yeah, and, uh, I'm, I'm, interested, I'm interested in this, but I also want to know what happened with him and Vince. You know? 
saw I saw a meltdown turning. I thought maybe Trump was losing his mind or something, but it's just, it's a track between um, uh, Drake and Travis Scott apparently. Anyways, I don't know what's going on. So I see Peacock is trending. Let me see why Peacock is trending. It's losing, you know, billions of dollars, apparently. Is this Samoa <laughs> Sorry. Is it Samoa Joe on Twisted Twisted Metal? <laughs> Anyways. Let me see what else I had in here. Um, oh yeah, NXT is going to have No Mercy back as a pay-per-view. So I guess it's going to be NXT most, you know, not WWE. I, I, I know people are fucking nostalgic for that, but I, I, I don't know. I never really got nostalgic, unless it was like the in-your-house thing. I never got like nostalgic for like vengeance and no mercy or, you know, backlash and all that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like those always seemed like just random pay-per-views to me. Like it didn't really, like, you know what I mean? It wasn't this prestige pay-per-view. Like the in-your-house ones was like... You know, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like, the, the, those were throw because they had a specific fucking set and all that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, it kind of reminded, you know what I mean? It kind of reminded you of, like, you know... I guess because, like, Canadian Stampede was one of those fucking things where, like, uh... Like, you know, like, one of the better in-your-houses that I saw. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, that set became legendary to me because of, like, you know, like... So, some of those shows, whatever, like... A lot, a lot, a lot of the in-your-houses were, like, the super greatest fucking shows ever. You know, maybe a couple of them, I don't know. Mm. There are some decent ones, you know. I always got mad because, I got mad because, like, my, my my parents would let me get the main four pay-per-views eventually. I started getting them. And then in 95, they started fucking adding, you know, in your house. And I was like, fuck. How am I going to fucking get this and all that kind of shit? Even though they're cheaper. Then eventually, you know, my dad... Eventually, like, my dad threw out fucking, you know, like, the... Thinking, like, 98. I was I was allowed to, like, get, like, all the people. Otherwise, I had to go somewhere. I'd go to my friend to fucking basically record it. Because he, he had, like, in a, in a box, basically, when... Like, everyone had those boxes. Except for me. I was always fucking mad about that. Yeah, I couldn't get one of those fucking, you know, dummy boxes. Anyways. Alright, well, I'll, it's, it's 3.53 a.m. now. I, I gotta go catch up with other shit, but I, I'll, I'll come back later with the fucking... Hopefully it won't be before... It won't be, like, late at night on Friday night to do the fucking recap for, you know, uh, for... What's it, what's it called? Uh, for Dynamite and all that kind of shit. Yeah. 
tensions is definitely rising. Teed up right now. Tea time. Tea time. Tea time. Tea time. Tea time. Tea time. Like I got a cup of this shit. What's going on? I didn't get to listen to the album, but this is Travis Scott and Drake, apparently. Put in some work on the flu. Now you wanna go and inherit the shit. Don't talk to the boy about comparison shit. Or come to the boy on some arrogant shit. The weapons we got are some terrorist shit. Like TV producers, we Apparently, people have been comparing it to his version of Jesus. So that was Drake, what's it called? Taking shots at Pharrell. Because the when that this song happened, it was debu- debuted at the fashion show. That Pharrell... I guess since uh, Virgil passed away, I guess Pharrell's the one that's taken over the Louis Vuitton shit, whatever, right? I, guess, I don't follow the fashion... See, again, the only way that, the reason why I know about any of the fashion discourse is because Kanye is the one that brought it into the hip-hop world. Like, uh, like I know fashion's always kind of played a part... With the hip-hop stuff, whatever, and all that kind of stuff, right? But it felt like, you know, on another level, like, you got on the inside, you know what I mean? Like, I never really gave a sh- again, because I, I don't wear Louis Vuitton, I don't wear Louis Vuitton, I'm a fucking broke fucking jerk-off, you know what I mean? I, I don't have, like, you know I mean, I'm not the most fashionable fucking guy, so I don't know any about this, anything about this, really. But from what I understand, he just basically said that, well, because Virgil's dead, what they called no one, uh, since Virgil's gone, no one cares about that Louis Vuitton stuff. And then he said that he'd, he would have been there because, but, but Vogue was suing him because of that. You know, when 21 Savage and him were doing um, a bunch of like, like all oh, like they're, they're being interviewed by Howard Stern. It wasn't really real. And then they're doing like fake Vogue type shit. So they, I guess he got sued for doing that. So that's the reason why he wasn't there. I'm sure he wouldn't do anything even if he was there to fucking push a T in. Maybe to Pharrell, but, you know. But it's like he's he's doubling down on it now. Who knows where it's going to end up fucking going, but, you know. The thing is, like, everyone's been taking... This is the thing. If, if Drake, behind the scenes, has been doing funny shit or fucked up shit... I can understand why people have been kind of maybe calling me out over the last decade or so, maybe. Like, again, I can't keep with everything that this guy has done behind the fucking... Well, what I mean behind the scenes, I mean behind the scenes as in what becomes social media discourse. You know what I mean? Like him getting into a fight with Puff Daddy and him getting slapped. You know what I mean? Like that type of shit. But if he hasn't really been fucking with anyone behind the scenes, he's just been, you know, doing what he's doing then I can understand why he's kind of coming at people now. You know what I mean? Because, like, everyone's been fucking taking j- jabs at the fucking guy. But I, I don't know. 
It is what it is. I, again, I, I can't keep with all the details of, of, of again when whenever the beats whenever the beat heats up. Should, should I be expecting anything? Am I going to read too much into the whole ten year anniversary of um, of the control verse, or do you think something will like kind of like make you go, "Oh, look, man, this can you believe this happened when um, this happened like ten ten years ago exactly, and now this is where it's going now?" Because it feels like to guess because again, everyone loves their anniversaries on sh- in 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 in. Uh, in um, in hip hop and all that kind of stuff, especially, or just in the world discourse in general, people love their you know their their everyone loves their fucking you know discourse about um what's happening. So to me, I don't know. Will it uh you know, will something like you know major? Ha- it feels by Drake heating up some of the shots he's taking at people. It feels like at least they're getting you in the mood for. Like something to go down eventually, where like it kind of shit hits all the shit hits the fan. Essentially, they've been kind of building for that for a while now. I guess I thought it would happen. It would be happening sooner, but over the course of the year, there's been like, you know, you know, name like name drops or planted seeds for disses and all that kind of shit. Where I feel like it's seeping in. You know, I don't know. Who knows what's going to end up fucking happening from that. Um, I don't know, man. It's just it's fucking crazy. Um, I was looking for... Um, I was looking for... Um, because, you know, I... I, I now that this whole Sinead O'Connor thing is coming coming around, I'm I'm starting to think I'm starting to I'm starting to like um, like you know how when like for example whenever like somebody is supposed to be like like a Lauren Hill or a Britney Spears is supposed to be kind of shit on by the public, or like you know like uh, like Eddie Murphy, you know what I mean? It becomes a popular thing. Sinead O'Connor was never one of the more obvious ones because maybe I wasn't doing a deep dive enough into what she was doing. But I'm starting to maybe realize that maybe the reason why, like, because again, I didn't even I I because 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 again, I I had no idea what's uh, like until like maybe ten years ago when I fucking like heard a little bit about it. Maybe I'm trying to think maybe the reason why I never really like like uh, like bothered to like retain it or whatever. I think, like, over, because, like, you know how, like, people would make fun of Pauly Shore, or they'd make, like, like there would always be someone that would be targeted. I think, like, the, because over time, I've heard people take shots at fucking Sinead O'Connor. But I would just thought, oh, just somebody, like, I just thought, oh, it's, just a, it's a target of the day, basically, like a gym, like, 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 for example, like, for a while in Will Smith's fucking career, uh, was it seeming to go, like, when, like, Wild Wild West fucking happened, right? And it didn't do well. People then made him a fucking punchline. So I, I think maybe like, cause again, I never, I never heard about the Joe Pesci shit, but I, but 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 it's, it's, some of this is starting to kind of like come back a little bit, of like, 
anytime she was mentioned in like maybe a comedy or maybe a, cause again, I never used to be an avid like watcher of SNL. I was more of like a mad TV guy or I was more of a fucking, uh, or more of a in living color person. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like SNL was never one of those things, but maybe like, because I didn't, I, I did notice that there, there were always kind of re- references in other co- like in other areas where people are making fun of fucking Sinead O'Connor, maybe. So, like, you know what I mean? So, when you have that already mindset about it, you know, I never tied it into what she did because I didn't, I never really realized it. Because, because even if, like, uh, people are talking about it, like, 10 years ago or so, whatever, right? I, I, I think my mindset back then was the approach that, oh, the only way that you can get fucking screwed over or, like, fucked with, is if they kill you. Otherwise, they are allowing you to exist, basically. You know what I mean? But, like, now that but now that I've fucking been dealing with my fucking shit or seeing how other shit goes, they, they can find ways to still keep you alive for a long time, but still fucking make sure your career is, like, not going the way it fucking it doesn't have to result in them just directly killing you. I think that'd be making way too more, way too obvious. You know, um, so let me play, hold on, let me play this. Let me see. Some days, it's okay to approach large animals. Kids don't have to be so grounded and loud. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Pesci. So this was a week after Sinead O'Connor did what she did. Me personally, <coughs> I still think that, like, they claim they, they claim they didn't know. I think they did know, in my personal opinion, but I think... Like this, like it wasn't so. Mu- it wasn't so much Joe Pesci doing it. I know people are gonna fucking just blindly go, "Oh, Joe Pesci did this," you know what I mean? But I think it's it's more of an overall thing that this is like, like it's one thing to like just to make jokes, whatever, because like it, because people are taking the whole like, oh, he would have like uh, he would have slapped her across the face, but like mean that like I I I I I found that to be like more in tune because he plays mafia characters and that's something his like a mafia character he would play would kind of say but I think like the overall damage is that like the overall the overall damage in my personal opinion is that it was designed to go oh look she crossed the higher up so now we're going to organize fucking some hatred on her through fucking comedy, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Because again, if, like, if Joe, like, mean that, like, if I if, if I viewed this like twenty years ago, what's it called? Like, SNL would like would kind of uh, basically kind of uh, do the whole like uh, like if the character if, if the person that's hosting is known for a certain role, they would like kind of incorporate things they're known for in their fucking monologue. You know what I mean? Even though like in two thousand twenty three, fucking eyes him threatening to fucking beat the shit out of her. You know what I mean? Like, not really a good fucking look. But, like, I, I, but back then, what it called, like, I think the overall the, the overall nature of of him just addressing her is, is like, you know, the, the, the bigger fucking issue. Not to say that fucking threatening violence, but uh, if, he, if, if, if he, like, if that wasn't designed just to be 
uh, something that was scripted for Joe Pesci to like to put a Joe Pesci ism into the fucking script, and that was like a, a, a like you know his, his real feelings of him wanting to slap or whatever. Then I, I then I understand why people would fucking be you know kind of fucking turned off by that. Like I'm not fucking saying that like oh no, 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 no that's okay to fucking do or anything like that. I'm just saying that what's it called? I I'm looking at that line as part of like. Did they just add that because like that's what Joe like Joe Pesci's role that's what he's known for for, for like for saying shit like that basically. Saturday Night Live. It's great for a couple of reasons. First, I have a new movie, The Public Eye, which opens next Friday. Second, it's Columbus Day. And that's important to me because I'm Italian. <laughs> so already that's problematic already because people don't fucking like Columbus, right? But uh, before we start the show, there's a little matter I want to clear up. There was an incident on the show last week. Sinead O'Connor tore up a picture of the Pope. And I thought that was wrong. So I asked somebody to paste it back together. So we have that picture? There. How brave. I think that's a lot better. Thank you. Okay, case closed. I mean, why should I let it bother me, right? It wasn't my show, it was Tim Robbins' show. But I'll tell you one thing, she was very lucky it wasn't my show. Because if it was my show, I would have gave her such a smack. <laughs> I would have grabbed her by her, her eyebrows. I would have... Uh, what am I doing? I'm making myself crazy for what? I mean, she's just a kid, you know, why should I care? Anyway, I mean, the Pope's probably forgiven her already. I mean, he forgave that guy that shot him, right? You know what? I saw this whole thing coming. I mean, stuff like this is bound to happen if he keeps forgiving people. I tell you, somebody takes a shot at me, I don't forgive him so easy. But hey, I'm not like the Pope. I'm Italian. See, this... Up any See, this, this whole thing feels like, uh, like, I'm looking at the overall propaganda of, like, them direct, like, is it, it, it the same, like, when people go, hey, that David Spade joke wasn't really that bad, what he said to Dom, said about Eddie Murphy. And it's like, and then yeah, if you judge it by that, like, yeah, it was like, oh, look, a falling star, like, okay, it's a kind of, but it's more of, like, the intent behind doing that, right? This monologue, like, if I just look at it in a vacuum, this just seems like people who write for the show were basically kind of just incorporating all of his, like, mafia-isms of his characters in mafia movies into, like, a fucking monologue. But I think the, over, but I think the overall thing is addressing it is more of, like, the system... Like, like, he's representing for the fucking system that fucking would fucking advocate for that. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? So he's he's piling on, essentially. It could, it could have been anyone else, basically, but... Any Italian popes? Yeah, right. I mean, like, that would never happen. Okay, I'm done. I'm not talking about it anymore. We have a great show. It's Columbus Day. Spin doctors are here. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
I thought, uh, and, and, and not only that, Madonna's being called out now because Madonna, um, basically, you know, basically, um, by, like, them bringing this up for the, you know, SNL thing, now, it, it wouldn't shock, because you always need something from the past to, like, you know, for people to judge you on, so then it turns into, like, a week of discourse where people are gonna be like, oh my god, you're getting mad at Joe Pesci for some, something in the 90s and all that kind of stuff. I'm gonna probably bet we're gonna find out something, like, like, you know, fucked up about the guy where, like, it's, it's gonna, like, correlate with him being a fucking system puppet or something like that. Like, it wouldn't shock me if, like, you know, somehow, like, people start, like, randomly, like, you find out that he fucking, uh, abused someone or something like that. I'm not saying he did, I'm just, I'm just saying what to call, like, you know, when, when, when you spend your whole life fucking, you know, doing mafia-level movies, part of me feels like that's who you kind of are in the fucking, in the showbiz game, essentially. That's why you're constantly playing those type of characters. Not that he didn't play other fucking characters, obviously. But, like, the characters you fucking play represent, like, where you're fucking kind of going in, like... Like, you know what I mean? Like, when you see that guy from fucking Breaking Bad, fucking Hank... He's, like, always playing a government official like in a lot of fucking stuff that I... Like, whether it be, like, a sitcom or, you know, on Big, on Big Bang Theory, he played a fucking... Uh, you know, he played a government official. He played, like, a military type of guy in that fucking... That, that, that sitcom about the, about the military... I, I get the, ever that, that, that fucking horrible one, what, what was it? On CBS, where, like, it's like, the, it's, like, the Muslim translator lives with, like, the fucking military guy. And it's like, dude, it was so fucking stupid. But he's in that, he's in that, show. But, but a bunch of shows that I see them in, the guy's always playing those kind of fucking roles, so it always makes me wonder and shit, you know. Also, at the same fucking time, um, I, sh I should address this, again, um, I, I guess I'm pissing people off, in, whether it be people I fucking know, like handlers, or whether it be, um, you know, people in the, you know, the wrestling world or the political fucking world or the comedy world, you know, whoever I'm pissing off, basically, because whenever they do, whenever I do, they not, well, first of all, they, again, like I mentioned before, they showed a subreddit, subreddit fucking hinting that something's gonna happen to me, the doors are open, hinting that, like, something bad's gonna happen in a coded fucking way. Um, but now fucking the Stern Show subreddit, that's when they, that's when they, they really want me to be kind of fucking alarmed by it, because if people associated with the Stern Show subreddit are the ones that encourage the fucking other trolls that use the other subreddit for dedicated to stalking and harassing me, they can't do that in the Stern Show subreddit, otherwise it would be shut fucking down. So they always, after like that's done, they find some ways to basically try to incorporate my name in their fucking discourse because they have nothing else. Like, I, again, you can make fun of how crazy I am, how fucking bad my aesthetic is, how mentally fucking ill I am. That's fucking fine. I don't, I, again, with the call, people do it. That's a cheap fucking shot. But I, I'm not going to let be talked down to by a bunch of fucking people. And I'm, I'm going to repeat some of my fucking insults that I said because it still applies. A bunch of fucking people that can't get over the fact that their favorite show is a dying fuck, is, is like, is dying and it's on a dying 
fucking medium. And they don't have anything to fucking, you know, take from the show anymore creatively. So their fucking personalities are still just regurgitating old Stern Show fucking quotes. And most of these fucking people who are calling me extremist or it's a manifesto, um, you're just mad because I haven't fucking snapped. Your intention were to make me fucking snap. Even with all the fucking shit you put out there about stalking and harassing me constantly, non-fucking-stop. I think you guys are the ones who have issues. You guys have mental fucking issues. It doesn't matter how fucking good your aesthetic is. Like, I don't care what, what a, a, a lot of you who fucking spend time harassing me or investing in fucking spying on me, you guys can go and be good, good fucking parents. You guys are not. You guys are fucking staying on the fucking internet, leaking out fucking, you know, Brent, Brent's wife's fucking OnlyFans on there, doing revenge fucking porn that fucking way. And then you guys are also fucking, you know, uh, um, constantly talking about stuttering John Shuley. I, I, imagine you thinking you're better than me and all you do all day is analyze Shuli versus Stuttering John fucking discourse in your fucking entire life. Hey, Dad, can we play catch? No, son, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm online fucking uh, harassing uh, a mentally ill Pakistani. And after that, I got to talk about Shuli and fucking Stuttering John. I, dude, if that's your fucking life, I don't care how good your aesthetic is. You're a piece of shit. It's it's them. It's the, again. They can um, shit on my podcast, shit on my blog. But at the end of the day, they hate that I'm going beyond just analyzing Stern Show shit. Because they they wanted the podcast to be one of these podcasts. Oh, from an ex Stern guy being um 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 doing a podcast, and all you gotta talk about is the Howard Stern Show. Wouldn't that mean I have something in common with you, jerk off? You guys can't even get over the fucking show. You guys are too busy pretending that Howard Stern's a fucking liberal. A lot of you on that fucking subreddit are probably black male sex offenders, most likely. Like a lot of these internet fucking uh, these internet fucking social climbers are. I, I can bet you, you want to call me extremist, I can bet you a good portion of the Stern Show fucking subreddit, some of those guys are probably tied into, like, the QAnon and fucking, you know, insurrection-like motherfuckers. How dare you? I don't know where the fuck you guys get off thinking that you can constantly fucking shit on me. But again, it's always it's always directed, and the people, and again, the people who are directing it, like I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I know you're gonna have the nice aesthetic, but it, it's clearly getting to you because you're using your fucking connections to fuck with mentally ill fucking people. And again, because you don't want to get your mental illness treated, you want to join the fucking world of being with fucking the most mentally ill fucking people on the planet. I don't give a shit what you have to say about me in, in that fucking regard. I mean that I, I'm going to fucking address it. Because it's the only time you your subreddit gets any fucking mention. They're so eager to get my fucking attention all the fucking time for some odd reason. Even though I'm supposed to be irrelevant. Oh, is this Hansi's blog? I'm not too sure. No, you know it's my fucking blog. You're posting it there so you can pretend like you just stumbled across it. But something I obviously fucking said in there is obviously pissing you off. So you're promoting my fucking blog to a bunch of fucking far right-wing people who are probably fucking agents of fucking Stern and fucking Donald Trump who are gonna fucking know what I'm fucking saying about the fucking far right-wing and how they're manipulating fucking shit. And you're gonna call it a fucking manifesto? I don't have any fucking weapons. I'm, I'm not a violent fucking person. 
Can I say the same about you guys? I want to know what's on your guys' computer. I want to know what fucking shit you guys have. Because there's a lot of people who are on these Stern Show and Opie and Anthony fucking dedicated Reddits that are fucking aligned with fucking the scumbag fucking dirt in, in, the, in the underworld, essentially. Who the fuck are you to like? Who the fuck are you guys to, to talk to me like that? What the call? You guys are not fucking special. You guys sit there regurgitate fucking stern show lines because you guys can't get over the show. Oh, you have to. You're saying they're pretending like Howard Stern's gone liberal because you guys don't have any more interest. In, in, like there's nothing interesting about your about about the show. No one wants to talk about Shuli or Stuttering John. That's why what they call Shuli fucking once in a while keeps fucking uh, um, um, begging me to come on his fucking show. I don't want to go on his fucking show. I don't care about his fucking show. I don't care about a miserable men fucking reunion. I don't give two shits about it. I don't care about what Suttering John and Shuli are fucking doing. Leave me the fuck out of it. And then there's people who are kind of like associated because Shuli's kind of within the fucking wrestling world too. You know what I mean? A little bit. So it's like they're trying to fucking get something going because there's always going to be people who are going to be playing that fucking part. You know what I mean? Because they need they need funded fucking enemies of mine. So then they're going to get fucking guys like Shuli and people from my fucking past, basically. Anyone who who's a, who's a fucking two-bit fucking jerk-off who wants to um, socially climb up, they're going to be um, funded by the fucking right-wing fucking people to basically oppose me, basically. But because I know they're fucking bought off and they fucking sacrifice fucking people, I don't need to fucking I don't I don't I don't I don't, I don't need to address them. I I go right at the fucking people who run the fucking shit instead of going at their fucking at their little fucking little mafia level bosses that I'm supposed to fucking you know go at like fucking I don't know who like you know uh, Soda Popinski or some shit. Just send me to Mike Tyson. Don't send don't send me to fucking what was that guy's the first guy's name Glass Joe or something Glass I don't know what the fuck his name is. Anyways, other shit, you know, um, yeah, so other shit that I wanted to fucking talk about was, um, there seems to be more fucking, like, like RFK's, uh, signaling, like, he, like, again, they're trying to tie in so much that, like, oh, like, RFK, like, again, there's, like, a community notes on the fucking reason why he couldn't get Secret Service to fucking, you know, uh, to, like, basically uh, accompany him for something like that. I thought, you could, I thought you only can be fucking president for that to happen. But I guess you're allowed for presidential, presidential candidates, I guess. I don't fucking know. But, like, he didn't meet a deadline. That's the reason why they're saying it. But, you know, of course, anything, that invo- anything involving him is going to be, you know... Um, Oh, they're trying to fuck him over. So because his because you know JFK got fucking assassinated, I w- I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if the next fucking um, way to make him larger than fucking life is making it seem like I I I wouldn't doubt that they would fucking stage something to fucking fail so it looked like he's actually being assassinated. Since they want to fucking tie in the JFK shit, you know, to the whole thing, whatever. That's how I look at it. Doesn't make any fucking sense, really. 
it it wouldn't it just it just wouldn't shock me, you know. It's it's all it is. None of this would fucking ever shock me. I'm not saying it's it's like gonna genuinely happen, but I'm saying that they're really amplifying it more and more. And by the way, another TYT alum. I don't know if she still does videos there or not. Jessica Burbank, you know, now is on the rising, I guess. So now she is like defending RFK. So I knew she was going to be going in that fucking direction. After she was like one of the people that was sensationalizing people, like, you know, um, the protest on subways and all that kind of shit. Because she's from the TYT shit. So a lot of them end up turning to shit, basically, eventually. It's it's amazing. Um, it's it's a it's a, it's amazing how like you know they can make it look like, I mean, it's it's the thing is the people that are calling out RFK and all these other fucking alt media fucking jerk offs, and you know what I mean. It's like the establishment are the ones kind of calling them out. Even those, those other people who are left that are fucking calling them out as well, right? But, like, anyone that calls out, like, the Jimmy Doors or RFK or, you know, Max Blumenthal or, you know, uh, who else? Like, like Ice Cube. It, everyone has to then be an establishment fucking person. Or you, you must be a part of the establishment. Because, or you must agree with Hillary Clinton because, you know, she didn't like Tulsi Gabbard or something like, you know, like, you know what I mean? It's like, you, you know, she, she could be right about certain fucking things. It doesn't mean she's a good fucking person. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can have those two thoughts. For some reason, the people that used to promote that you can have two thoughts at fucking once only now have one fucking thought. And that's always sucking the fucking dick off fucking the right wing, basically. It can makes no. It just makes no fucking sense. Like I don't even know what's going on with this fucking again. Like they keep they're hammering home about like the surveillance of Trump. Like you know, basically admitting that he like, like I'm sure on tape. Like again, I can't keep up with everything that's going on with this case. This guy has too many. This guy has way too much fucking discourse going on for him. I can't keep up with all of it. You know what I mean? It makes it, it just it just makes no fucking sense to me, um, because like they, they they'll keep promoting it, just ma- making the the most most money they can off this fucking entertainment dollar, political fucking bullshit, knowing that like this already has an end result, and it's like you know what I mean like you're you're constantly gonna be like oh my god can you believe they're hypocrites because they they want Hillary locked up for you know again yes they're all fucking hypocrites man they're all fucking like what. Can we just get past that point that they're all fucking hypocrites? Because all they're going to keep... They're not going to address it. They don't really care. All they keep doing is hammering home their fucking points, essentially. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just feels like this is, like, designed... Like, this is where the entertainment is actually fucking going. While, like, in Hollywood, all the fucking shit is probably written by AI. Not only that, I, I, I'm starting to believe that even... um the discourse around a lot of these movies and television shows are, like, even the personalities online are fucking, you know, uh, are, are written by AI as well. 
Like, the, like people, these online personalities don't act like human beings. And I'm not saying that fucking, I, like, you know, I'm, like, the model citizen. Like, dude, I'm a mentally ill fucking guy. But, like, I'm also in the midst of a mentally ill world where people seem to be, people are seemingly getting fucking worse. And these are people who have the connections, they have the aesthetic, they have all that, but the, the, they're still so fucking miserable. All of them just become contentious. Like, e e even people who are supposed to be on the fucking left. Like, the, like for people that want to be fucking thought leaders, they get fucking mad if fucking, like, you know, you ask them to, like, explain... Like, then, then why do you want to be a fucking thought leader? So you want to be a thought leader, but you don't want to explain your fucking point of view at all whatsoever. You're just looking... That, that's why I don't take fucking people who claim to be a critic fucking seriously. Because they're, they're so much more infatuated with thinking that they're such a compelling personality that they deserve to be a fucking, you know... Like a... a like they're so committed to being a personality that they think that they're some kind of superstar. Like, they aren't some fucking charismatic fucking jerk-off. By the way, what's it called, um... You know, there's more false kidnapping stories happening where, like, some 11-year-old tried to uh, do a kidnapping hoax, and now she got arrested, and her dad was, like, you know, trying to teach her a lesson. Like, to me, like, to me, this is, like, like, the, and, and the people who are content creators that are fucking putting out this narrative that is just, oh, my God, this is getting out of control, it's, it's, they're normalizing this kind of stuff because there's gonna be... Oh, like a whole fascist fucking world where there's gonna be fucking kidnapping going on, and no one's gonna fucking believe it because they've been hyping up these hoaxes now. It's like it's like the Jesse Smollett effect, but you weren't supposed to take <clears throat> anti-LGBTQ um, hate crime seriously because they defined it by the Jesse Smollett story. And people don't fucking realize that, you know what I mean? Like, we're moving into, like, a, like, again, I don't even know, like, I, I know that there was an initial thing where, what's it called, McCarthy got mad at Swalwell. I don't know if this stuff, like, hold on a second, like, this is, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, assure, I'm, I, 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 I don't wanna read Occupy Democrats fucking Twitter, you know what I mean? So I didn't, like, it's one, I guess because there are blue check marks, they fucking can do longer ass fucking posts. So I just fucking did that, because again, it just, it, I didn't wanna read the whole fucking thing, you know. But this guy is setting up, like, what's supposed to be, you know, um, the main storyline of what, go what goes on behind the scenes, whatever. Twitter thread by Occupy Democrats, posted at July 27th, 2023. Please note that all links and emojis were removed from the content for a more fluent experience. Breaking, Democratic Congressman Eric Swalwell gets into a volcanic, profanity-riddled fight with Speaker Kevin McCarthy. And the details are just too juicy to pass up. So this is like, so all all this stuff to me, right? What, what they're setting up right here, this is like setting up that there's so much vitriol going on behind the fucking scene, which is like, like kayfabe, you know, still a part of it, everything. Like it's still like you know for the show. So like to me, I, it's like it's like it's it's getting the vitriol so fucking heated 
that eventually there's going to be physical violence in one of these fucking uh, committee hearings or congressional meetings, whatever the fuck they call them. Like, there's going to be some sort of fucking physical altercation that is going down. Like, they're, like, literally training you for that. The fucking stuff that goes on in other countries, the, the more they're showing you on John Oliver's show or on the fucking, you know, The Daily Show, whatever the fuck it is, whatever they're showing you, they, they've been showing you those kind of things happen Again, Jimmy Kimmel, they would show those time to time. Part of me is like they've been training you. It's, it's, like, it's like outside, like, the America stuff is like WWE. Everything else is like other territories that have done the fucking same routines. And eventually the main the, the WWE will use those type of things to be a part of their fucking program, essentially, right? So part of me thinks that we're leading to that fucking movement or moment of when, like, something physically will fucking go down at one of these fucking congressional hearings. Because this showdown was even more explosive than the Lauren Boebert versus Marjorie Taylor Greene fight. I'm sure. According to a new report, on June 21st, the day Republicans voted on their sham censure of Representative Adam Schiff, Democrats stood up on the House floor to yell, shame. Swalwell was standing near the Speaker's podium and let loose on McCarthy. This is pathetic. You're weak. You're a weak man, Swalwell said to him giving voice to the opinion that most Americans share of McCarthy. McCarthy grew so visibly upset that he had a vein popping out of his forehead, and he stared down Swalwell for about 10 seconds before walking away. Things heated back up the next day. Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi visited the capital for a joint address to Congress. Right before he stepped up to the Speaker's podium, McCarthy spotted Swalwell and confronted him. If you ever say something like that to me again, I'm gonna kick the shit out of you, McCarthy said to Swalwell. The two men got up in each other's faces so that they were basically nose to nose, and Swalwell said, are we really gonna do this? The two argued back and forth until finally McCarthy puffed up his chest and threatened physical violence again. Call me a pussy again, and I'll kick your ass, said McCarthy. Swalwell, never afraid to stand up to fascist bullies, looked him dead in the eye and clearly enunciated his response, you are a pussy. I don't believe anything happened, by the way. Until McCarthy caved like a coward and stepped aside to let Swalwell pass. Yet again, we see that McCarthy is a craven, yellow-bellied, spineless, cowardly jellyfish masquerading as a man. So anyways... I, I, this is their fucking, so hold on a second, let me see, um, is there a video of this shit, or is this supposed to be like it happened like off air basically? Lucky SNL's not on air, man, because they'd be, they'd be reenacting this whole fucking thing. But now, but, 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 see, but see, it represents faction warfare, because now Libs of TikTok is getting on the fucking case of how she tried to uh, um, get word about why Swalwell fucking advocated for someone that was a pedophile for some job or something like that. All, all this is proving to me is that, like, 
in order to be a part of the fucking, you know, system, you have to do some propaganda or some fucking horrible shit where you have fucking, you know, uh, um, pedophile shit to your fucking name. And like and like and 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 even though like the regular fucking people would be alarmed, like oh my god, there's so many fucking pedophiles just roaming around getting these high fucking ranking jobs, whatever, and all that kind of shit. But like to the for to like the, like to like the people in the system, like that like it's 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 like a disposable fucking discourse thing that you can use because literally everyone in the system has done some foul fucking shit, most likely. You know, that's what it fucking feels like to me. That's why you constantly keep seeing that shit, basically, with that, you know. Like, yeah, the, the, like for example, the one of the main journalists who um, was a Pizzagate, um, who, like, debunked Pizzagate, apparently. Apparently, he has been charged with, um, with, with something, uh, like, uh, of him having child porn on him as well. So, the fact, so, that automatically means that the right wing are now, like, going, oh, we need to open up this fucking... See, the thing is, this is why I never deny... Like, I never... I was never one person to deny that something would be going... Like, for example, like, if... Again, it's not just, um, like, the whole Pizzagate thing. But the cold... If if, if if there's, like, a mafia fucking world that we, we, we live in, right? There's stuff that goes underground. I could buy that some of these fucking, you know, sh- um, shops that are fucking exist. And I'm, 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 I'm talking about from like a, I'm not weaponizing it against fucking the liberals. What I'm talking about, like, I could buy that Republicans have something going on in some of these. Like, maybe in some of these shops that D- Donald Trump is visiting, maybe there's some underground shit that's going on in those fucking shops as well. Like, that ice cream parlor or something like that. Or that pizza place he fucking went to. I, I, I always suspect if you're tied in with, like, if you're, get, if you're getting that, like, there could be things, you know, but, th- so, that's why I never wanted to fucking poo-poo on the idea that these things could exist, even though the right wing were the ones that were weaponizing Comet Pizza and doing all that type of shit, because part of me was like, is there something, like, nef- nefarious going on, or are they just trying to, because, again, like, they do vague fucking, you know, uh, um, sex trafficking sh- laws that affect sex workers, so I thought maybe, like, there's actual sex work maybe going on underneath. And it's like, you know, and, and, and the stuff is consensual. And they're trying to fucking b- bust all these fucking, you know, like, they're trying to bust all these fucking things to make it seem like it's, like, you know, not like, not, like, not consensual at all whatsoever. Or if there is something that, 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 that they find, like, you know, it, that wouldn't shock, that, that, you know, if there's something horrible that they would find, it wouldn't shock me either, because, like, the world, people in, in the elite circles run these little underground mafia things. Not all of it's fucking, it could be drugs, it could be fucking sex, it could be, you know, like, black market fucking stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think everyone's kind of, like, involved with that kind of shit. So, so now, what they call the right wing wanna fucking, you know, um... Hold on a second, um... Hold on, uh, let me see what, he was an ABC News guy, what to call that, 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 you know, so I guess, like, he was an ABC News guy, but I guess his specific thing was that he debunked fucking... Again, again what's it called? B- b- because it's the right wing weaponizing it. It's like... Because, again, 
yeah, if I were to believe that exists, I would believe the people who are the who the right wing are fighting for are also kind of involved in that situation as well. But for some reason, like if if I if I if I did debate this with the fucking someone who's like leaning more right, who's who you know who leans more right, if you told me that the Democrats are involved with something like this, they, guess what? It wouldn't shock me. And I'm like, you know what? All like, a lot of these elitists. They're into, like, you know, they're into, like, underground fucking shit. Whether it fucking is, like, like not fucking harmless or whether it is fucking harmless. You know what I mean? They're probably into that underground fucking level shit. And, like, in the, in the, in the, in the mafia underworld. But then when I go, well, don't you think that people that you're supporting, don't you think that, you know, those people are also guilty? Uh, you know what I mean? Because, again, like, you know, if, if you can bet the Democrats are doing something, you can bet the people that are pointing it out are also people that are responsible for it. Like, Michael Flynn's already promoting a fucking new movie called Into Light, basically, to, uh, you know, to, um, like, to, to you know, like, basically, again, what they call it, to basically, like, make it seem like this is going to be the sound of freedom again. I'm sure there'll be, like, you know, people in the wrestling world or in the MMA world that's going to promote the fucking shit out of this one. But if it's from Michael Flynn, exact from, you know. You can bet your bottom dollar that what they call, like, you know, they're trying to make this tight. Like, Hollywood, like, Hollywood's always been conservative. They're trying to make fucking Hollywood become the new. They're trying to make the new conservative become the, the showbiz fucking world, essentially. Like, all this stuff, like the sound of freedom. Like, this is going to be the type of shit that will be considered Hollywood in the next fucking 10 years. They're, you know, they're moving into that fucking direction. You know, I, I don't know. It just, it, it becomes fucking annoying to me, you know. It just, uh, everything is just so fucking stupid. Uh, Cardi B, um, her, her and Offset have a new fucking single, right? And then, so people are now wondering, like, they're making it obvious now by going, oh, um... Like, oh, was this uh, all done for your single? But it's like, you can literally ask that for every fucking, you know, entertainment thing. Like, literally everything that's on social media is designed to move shit. So that you fucking consume their music, their fucking art a lot fucking more. It's just another added element to it. They're using, you know, the internet, they're using pro wrestling marketing. And it's never meant so fucking little. Like, we live... Like, you know what I mean? Like, literally everything is always, like, you know... Like, like stop... Like, th th this is why I was saying that I think online shit is also consumed by AI as well. Because I, I never remember... I, I never remember a time... Like I, like, I never remember a time where the internet discourse and the people who are, like, in charge of the internet discourse narratives... I've never seen a fucking era where it felt so much like a fucking parody before. Like, it's become its own establishment while they think, you know... All uh, all they have is, like, oh, look, all, all you have is, like... Uh, like, this is one of the most boring discourses is, like, uh, every day, like, like, this, like, the, like today, for example, Otani, the MLB player, dude, he was, like, I, I don't know if he was rushed off, he had to walk off the fucking field because of a health issue, and then he, he just said he had a cramp. It's, like, to me, like, like that, that's where show business is going, where, like, now they're making these athletes, like, the new fucking Hollywood-type fucking people. And anytime an athlete has some health issue, now it's always going to be tied back to the fucking vaccine. 
That's, you know, that's, that's how I fucking see, like, how this is gonna go. But just look at, like, some of the... I'm on Hip Hop DX, for example, right? And I'm just looking at some of the discourse of what's, like, in the fucking news. Like, I, I, I don't know, again, like, you can't keep up with all of it because some of it seems, like, really gimmick. But then I might jot one or two things down from it that fucking that I might, might, might want to talk about. But, like, is it really newsworthy for, like, internet personalities and... Um, and, um, you know, and, like, you know, hip-hop sites to basically go, oh, look, Roddy Rich um, did an Instagram Live where he had 12,000 people tune in, and then I, and when he played his music, it instantly dropped. Like, like half these viewers that are fucking being added to your Instagram Live are not fucking fake at all whatsoever. And then it, it just, I guess it's supposed to be, like, levitated by comedy that... Nobody likes his new music, so that's why they're tuning out in droves. And he was, I mean, he still had, he still had like 8,000 in there by the time, like, you know, that fucking thing ended. But I guess, you know, again, apparently that's big fucking news that people, you know, it's, it's kind of like when I was going, in, going through on, on Periscope, they would basically hype up like, you know, fake numbers to make you think that, oh, look, people are tuning in. And then when you start talking about stuff that you fucking like, they would drop the fucking follower. They drop so then people would be pointing out, oh look, his viewership is dwindling. It's like, well, yeah, it's always controlled anyways. Even if you give me a lot of fucking like you know viewers, it's like I I know that maybe fucking half or maybe like two thirds are not fucking real. Like you know what I mean? Like even when like I was like being a, a little bit more relevant in the fucking internet a little bit. I would, even when it would, it would favor me, I would always be kind of fucking calling it out still. You know what I mean? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I, I wasn't doing it when, uh, when I was losing fucking viewers. I was like, you know, I, I, when I was getting more followers, I was like, I bet you half of these fucking followers are not even real anyways. Because they hold, because back into the 2010s, they would hold it over you. That like, oh, if they don't like your fucking content, they'll tell you that I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go and unfollow. Like they'd make it like a a known fucking thing, basically. It's kind of like I, I've been through a lot of the stuff that like has become the fucking discourse, essentially. I, I, by the way, I, I didn't mind Secret Invasion, by the way. I thought it was a decent fucking show. I, I guess I look at it, I, I always look at these shows not because of, like, like judging. Like, again, I, I, I watch some of these shows now to see what, like, hidden truths that they fucking put in. But, like, they, it would always be with, like, their fucking propaganda. But, like, if I see elements of fucking hidden truth being put in there, uh, you know, I can kind of extract it from it. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, like it's not a coincidence that they're doing a fucking, like, like you know what I mean? Like, I like the fact that they showed that, like, like, oh, with now the warning of aliens being here and all that, like, it's official. Now they're going to hire a vigilante group to go and kill anyone who they think is an alien. And some of them are not going to be aliens. Or, or, or basically they're going to make it, it's, it's basically by, by, like, I look at it like this. That's why there's a certain section of people who have gone more to the right wing that want you to blindly hate the feds, blindly hate the fucking cops, because there's probably cops that are working on the fucking good side as well. So you, so, so now you think all the fucking cops, see, like, so, so, so even though I'm happy that people are calling out problematic things that are happening in the fucking police force. I think by, like, some of these people that have, you know, who work for billionaires now, some of these online personalities, 
They want to tie something blindly to a fucking uh, group. So part of me fucking wonders if it's faction warfare that's going on. And what they call, they want you to blindly just hate everyone who's a fucking police officer. Or anyone who's like a fed or anything. Or someone who's in the military. Because now you can get, now you can fucking get, because by, by that notion, then you get in the mood to get, you, you won't know it, but like you're basically working at the behest of a billionaire who controls most of these fucking cops, who fund a lot of the chaos that goes on. Um, I'll cover some wrestling shit. I, I, I again, what they call it? It's like ten seventeen p.m. I haven't done my the recap yet. You know what I mean? I kind of fucking fell. I was tired. I fell asleep, and then I, and then with the cold, like I kept waking up uh, throughout the fucking morning. And then I'm like, okay, no, I'll sleep for like maybe an hour. Like I woke up at like at ten thirty in the morning, right? And I felt kind of. I go, you know what? I can use an hour more sleep. And all of a sudden, because of you know, the machine that I fucking have, the sleep is so fucking smooth that I'm, you know. I slept for like another fucking four hours when I wanted to sleep for one. Anyways, um, there's rumors that the elite are staying with AEW, you know. And it's like, I don't know, like, you know, but, but the way that they're being booked, like, yeah, they, they exist, but they haven't really been like focal points of like promos. It's, it's like they're just committing... To like, like for example, with the storyline that they wanted to pay off, it's like they're committing to elements of it, but they aren't do, like giving you like the fucking emotional promo work, or or like the character work that's being done to get you to those spots, which makes me think they're either being punished by, for the fucking whole, it's supposed to convey that they're being punished for the brawl out situation, or that they actually are just kind of like doing whatever they can before they actually do leave. Because I do think they will end up fucking leaving the fucking company. And going to WWE. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but, you know. Jamie Hayter is not returning for her injury for a long while. Hopefully she does fucking make an appearance at Wembley, though. Even if she's not fucking, you know, be able to compete. But, again, even with this fucking whole AEW shit... It's like it's all fucking... The main focus of this has been more of the internet discourse. Like, Thunder Rosa is now coming back, so she's probably going to be part of fucking, you know, Collision, right? I like Thunder Rosa. I didn't agree with Britt Baker. But the thing is, I think Britt Baker is also being scripted to be part, like, to be the villain in this situation, basically. Like, you know what I mean? She's also designed to be somebody that is, like, scripted to be the online villain of trying to fucking... Like, to me, it, it starts and ends with fucking Tony Khan. He is the one that's fucking encouraging it. They're too busy working, doing work shoot shit that fucking, like, you know, you could just fucking put that effort into the fucking product. Like, the character work is being done online when it could be done on the fucking, you know, on, on, on air, basically. For some odd reason, you don't want to do that. They, um, they also trademark AW+, so I don't know if it's going to be a section on Fight TV... Or it's gonna be its own fucking. Uh, it's gonna be its own. Uh, let me see. A W. Hold on a W.
in the category of streaming. So I don't, I don't know what this means. I don't know if it's going to be its own, uh, its own, um, you know, its own, um, like, is it going to be part of HBO Max? Is it going to be its own fucking streaming service? Like, are they going to go, are they going to do the whole fucking, are they going to do the whole model of, like, it, it being its own st- streaming service where, like, it's, like, 10 bucks a month, but then you have to pay, like, 50 bucks for the pay-per-views? Who fucking knows, though? I don't know, man. It just, it seems really weird. If you, if you watched fucking, you know, uh, you know, WWE lately... You notice they've been adding more nicknames like, like the Spirited Sami Zayn or Dirty Dom or like something like you know what I mean like the um, I forget what it I forget what else there was. Hold on a second, let me see. Nicknames. Hold on a second. But basically, Vince McMahon's behind some of these fucking nicknames. Let me see. Hold on. Let me see. Like, for example, um, the Cheeky Chelsea Green, the self-aggrandizing Sonya Deville, the braggadocious bully bum, you know, you know Bronson Reed. The, um, you, know, uh, you know, they're, built, they're, they're building ju- Judgment Day from the Hellions of Hades. They're calling uh, Santo Escobar the uh, skintillating Santo Escobar. Like, 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 you know, I could buy that Vince McMahon's behind these names. These sound, like, some of these words that they use feel like, like, something that you would use for, like, some of, like, the late 80s, early 90s Survivor Series teams, basically. You know what I mean? Like, the self-aggrandizers. You know what I mean? Like, 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 that would be one team or something like that, you know? Like, you know, Santos and the scintillating four or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know... Apparently, he he also had fucking back surgery. Apparently, normally when like you know people in the system who are like not like regular people are in the fucking thing, to me it it always reeks of um it always reeks of them uh it always reeks of them like you know like maybe getting advancements done some like you know maybe they're cloning them maybe they're transferring themselves into another body. You know, I I was gonna go fucking over the edge with it. You know what I mean? I know people are gonna fucking you know. Roll their eyes, but I, I, again, I don't believe these these celebrities and all these other people. I, I don't believe they're like regular fucking human beings. And I think by fucking acting like it, you know what I mean. Like I'm looking at the the, the whole, you know, the TV show The Boys. I'm looking at, at I'm looking at I'm looking at it that in that kind of fucking in, in that frame. I I did see Dark Side of the Ring with ba- the Bam Bigelow one. That one was pretty fucking good. It wasn't, like, too controversial other than, like, the, you know, the addiction to oxycodone shit. And the thing is, whenever I think about wrestling deaths, like, even if, like, they're drug-related and uh, drug addiction, I always feel, like, to me, like, it always feels like the, it, 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 it gets presented like, oh, um, uh, you know, it's a sad fucking story uh, of, like, somebody getting addicted. But I always feel like the industry is, like, a mafia industry, and they, and their their goal is to get fucking people more, contr- like, in control in that regard. Like, whether it be Hollywood and all that kind of shit, like, like you know, Howard Stern-level radio shit, like, you're designed, like, it's like they designed for you to get completely fucking worse. 
and some of the, and some of them have to be like you know sacrificial lambs for the game, or that they they market you making a comeback in your life, and then they'll they'll fucking break you down again. But they, you know, they they went over like his first run, mate. Like you know, cause I remember him in the, you know, like in in the eighties, like you know, and I and I kind of liked them. This guy looks like a cool dude, and he like he's really like for a big guy, he's really fucking fast, and all that kind of shit. I remember like one of the main things I remember from him was that maybe he feuded he feuded with one man gang, I think, right. And the other thing that I really remember from him was that he was in on Hulk Hogan Survivor Series, um, eighty seven team. And I remember he and Hulk Hogan got eliminated before he did because he got counted out. And I thought like that was fucking you know I thought that was really I thought that was really fucking you know like it was like a really compelling because again like most of you you remember in the main event and stuff the good guys always winning so like I was never used to the bad the bad guys winning because like the Andres team won that one. But then apparently he wasn't liked because he was getting thrust again. I, I never understand these wrestlers that get mad at the wrestler. For being put in the fucking spot. Like if you have any qualms about it. Go to the promoter. Who's the one that's fucking doing it. Like you know what I mean. Like like that's not on the fucking. You know that's not on the wrestler. For some odd reason. Like some of these wrestlers fucking take it out. On other, So they're basically showing that Andre the Giant took liberties. With them. And then he left for a bit to go to Japan for a bit. I was assuming that he also went to WCW during that time. But I, I, I maybe I was wrong. But then he he came back in WWE, and that that's like the main run that most people remember remember from him. And I remember I you know even though he's a bad guy, I I remember enjoying like a lot of his matches. You know what I mean? Like I enjoy like I enjoyed him versus Bret Hart and all that kind of stuff. I enjoyed his feud with Doink and all that. Like he should have been more on the main event level. Like he should have been challenging Yokozuna, in my personal opinion. Like, you could have made him a fucking good guy. Like, you could have made him a main event there before, right? But then when they were making him a good guy after the WrestleMania 11. And by the way, when I say WrestleMania 11 is, like, the week, one of the weakest WrestleMania ever, it's not because Bam Bam Bigelow versus LT. Like, that wasn't, like, the, the to me, like, like, they did a good job with it. I understand why they fucking did it. But, like, that wasn't, like, the reason why I consider that card weak. Like, that was one of Bret Hart's worst WrestleMania matches at that point. I told the Vince McMahon one. And then, you know, it, and then you had, you had, like, the Blue Brothers versus, like, you know, Allied Powers. Like, and you know what I mean? Like, you just, it wasn't an inspiring fucking card to me, basically. You had King Kong Bundy versus Undertaker. Like, it wasn't really that fucking great to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, th- I thought, like, Bam Bam Bigelow did a, like, it was a good angle they set up for that thing. Like, m- maybe I, I didn't care as much as other people because I wasn't really a football fan. But, like, I, but, you know, I didn't mind it. But then when he became a babyface, you know, afterwards... Shawn Michaels also became a babyface, and I thought, like, you know, Shawn Michaels was the one was more prioritized, and Bam Bam Bigelow didn't really amount to anything as a babyface after that run, you know what I mean? Like, by the end of his run, he's losing to Goldust on, like, like in a pay-per-view, but, like, it was like, there was, like, not, not really any build to it. It was like he was just there to take losses. But then he found life in ECW, which is what they mainly discussed, his, like, run in ECW, which is, like, a really solid fucking run. You know what I mean? Like, he did some of his best fucking work on in American television on there. I thought maybe it would translate in WCW, but they fucking gave away Goldberg versus him, like, right away. Even though they shot an angle with him going at Goldberg. But I thought, like, WCW, like, that would be his way to, like, kind of become, like, a bigger deal over there. But it was, like, if you weren't a part of the NWO or, you know what I mean? Like, like no one was getting pushed there, you know? But I thought, like, that was a potential of a good fucking feud. 
like to like a long term feud with Bam Bam Bigelow and Goldberg, and then you know and, and then that was basically his addiction and all that kind of stuff came into play and all that shit. It's unfortunate. He's like one of the he's one of the more talented fucking guys as you know one of the more talented big men that I fucking liked in the game basically. You know, but it, it, it was a good it was a good episode. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like you know like you know like again like you know like, like his family came to an understanding of like how a horrible addiction is, even though they're angry at what goes on. Like you know what I mean? Like you know, I, I, but but like when it comes to wrestlers though, I always feel like there are like hidden like you know your your, your hidden passenger that's like like your 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 fucking you know your handler or your people in the industry that make you go in that fucking direction. In my personal opinion, at least. I don't fucking know. The guy was a bounty hunter, so, like, you know what I mean? Like, all these guys start out, like, you know, in in, the, in, in, the, in that kind of, like, whether you're, like, a like low-level low military guy or, you know, bounty hunter type of deal or a sex worker. Like, people who are, like, you know, considered, like, on, on, on the, low, on the low, low end of, like, like, that world, essentially, until you climb up, essentially. You become your own, like, you know, your own mafia boss or your own madame, essentially. Like, that's how, like, the entertainment fucking world kind of operates, in my personal opinion. Anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna bounce, I'll, you know, I'll try to come back with, like, you know, the recaps and less fucking discourse. I am so sick of your Mr. Clean, Yosemite Sam looking ass, standing in front of this camera with this microphone saying the same stuff over and over and over again. I love my wife. I love my baby daughter. I love this business. No flips, just fists. Yeah? Yeah? Well, here's what's going to happen, Dex. I'm going to take my fist on July 29th. CT, collision. And I'm going to punch you so hard in the face, you're going to have no choice but to spit out CM Punk's jockstrap!
Uh, I'll get to the... I, I, again, I, I don't have much discourse to talk about, really. Again, I didn't really join anything down because I was more... I, I know I'm going to do the SmackDown collision and impact recaps on a separate podcast. Hopefully I can get that out by Sunday night, but this is 5.55 p.m. I might as well just do the Dynamite and um, and, and the... Okay, I'll do the G... I'll do the G... Because, again, I might as well get the G1 out of the way as well. Um... So, um, night nine was pretty fucking good, I thought. Um, I mean, Shota Umino, I, I know everyone hates on Chase Owens, but I, I thought this was pretty decent. Maybe because it's Shota Umino, and I enjoy watching his match. It, it wasn't the best, but, I you know, it was still, you know. Taichi versus Yoshihashi was pretty fucking good, I'm not gonna lie. I thought that was more decent, you know. Yoshihashi had a really good fucking showing in this one. Um, one of my favorite matches of the whole fucking, uh, the whole night, uh, was, um, um, Kato, K- K- um, K- Kiyomiya versus, I, I, I always hate, I, I always hate, like, butchering names, that's why I try to fucking stick with the, you know, with the, with the, with the first name, but Kiyomiya, I, I have to practice more and more, it, it, it's not even about me not, not being able to know other people's names, it's just, when, it, it's that that I know my speech impediment is gonna play a fucking part in how I fucking pronounce shit, and it, 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 even if it's like a fucking an American sounding name, but if the word if there's too much fucking uh, there's too much uh, you know syllables or whatever the fuck it is, or like you know it's like the same like you know probability type of shit, like you know what I mean, like or procrastinate, like you know what I mean, like I always fuck up those words for some odd reason. But um, Kiyomiya and Gabe Kid. Went to a double fucking count out, and, and dude, this is like a really, I mean, like, the way they did this, it made me want to see this fucking more, basically. I, I, I enjoyed this immensely, whatever, and Gabe Kid kind of flipping off, uh, you know, kind of flipping off, like, you know, goes, fuck Noah, basically, you know what I mean? Uh, Tonga Loa versus Great Khan wasn't that fucking great, you know, Tonga Loa defeated Great Khan. So, Taichi beat Yoshihashi, Umino beat Chase Owens. Um, Hakaleo and, uh, Yoda Suji, I, I didn't think this was that great, whatever. Um, El Phantasmo beat, uh, Kenta in, like, Inside Cradle, like, in 19 seconds. So, like, this is alright for what it was. Uh, Sonata versus Red Narita, I thought was pretty decent. But, uh, the match that everyone's talking about, um... Um, as, like, the best match quality was probably Osprey versus Okada, and Osprey won, basically. You know, it was a really good fucking match. I, I thought it was really fucking... I, th- I think this is, like, Okada's first loss in the fucking tournaments thus far, basically. You know? I thought that was pretty fucking decent. Um, and here the, here the... You know, let me see right here, the standings. So, Block A, uh, Sonata has... Sonata's, like, undefeated in this, so he has 10 points. So, like, it's, like, you know, a good... A, a good thing they... thing is... If this was just, like, you know, each person from each block getting by, basically, or if it was just two blocks and you know, all that, you would assume that Sonata would definitely be one of the top fucking people, right? You know what I mean? But he could still lose to whoever comes in second place. 
Again, I, re- I rely on post-wrestling to kind of guide me through the, the standings and who's it. Like, for example, they say that Yano is out, like, because he's lost too many, whatever, right? But to me, um, it's like, how many more, ma- like, if he wins the next four or something like that, couldn't he still kind of get in still? I don't, I don't know. But technically, he's out of the like, contention of, like, being in the top two, I guess, apparently. Because he's all in four. See, this is why, again, sometimes I just watch it for the quality of the matches. Sometimes I, you know, I have to rely on it, whatever, but Sonata has 10 points, Kiyomiya has 6 points, Shota Umino 6 points, Gabe Kidd 5, Chase Owens 4, Hakaleo 4, y- Yorosuji 3, Ren Narita 2, Osprey is leading the B block. You know, that'd be kind of cool. You know what I mean? Okada is also leading the B block, so if Okada... Has if Okada and uh, so I I know enough now right here that if Osprey and Okada are tie, that what they called if you had to go through because Osprey beat Okada so that would mean that Osprey would fucking you know be the one who gets to the next round or or gets like you know the the the, the billing for it. So Okada and Osprey both have eight points. Tai Chi has six points. Kenta has four points. Yoshihashi has four points. El Fantasmo has four points. Tongaleo has four points. Great Khan has two points. See the C block. Finley is leading that one right now. Or no, him and Evil are. You know, I, I think he beat Evil, so he's probably leading, right? So Evil, Evil and him are gonna. You know, uh, you know, are the ones two. And Tomatonga also. Eddie Kingston four. Shingo Takagi four. Mikey Nichols two. Aaron Hanare um two. Ishi two. And then Jeff Cobb is leading the uh, the, the the D block, um, you know he's he's kind of gone fucking undefeated right now. Zach P- Saber Jr. has six. Naito has four. Goto has four. Tanahashi has four. Shane Hayes has four. Alex Coughlin has two, and Yano has zero. You know I'm 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 but I, I gotta say man I I I've been watching more than I thought I was gonna be watching like even like not just the recommended matches and all that but I've actually been enjoying it I'm not saying everything is a hit and everything like that but I think with the cold maybe because like there's a lot more fresher faces and and you know what I mean there's a lot more fresher faces in there that I and you know and the the whole twenty minute fucking uh, you know time limit for matches has changed the game because sometimes these matches can be like forty fucking minutes at times you know what I mean like maybe, I'm, I'm Hyperbolic, of course, but I kind of I kind of dig it though. You know, it's just kind of so I'm kind of looking forward to seeing where it goes. You know, I I mean I I think uh, Kiyomiya should definitely end up in the final. Like you know, he should definitely move more. You know, I I hope he actually gets far in the t- tournament. Like when he gets up to the eight man part, basically, to the quarterfinals, to the semifinals, and all that type of shit. Let me go to Dynamite now. Um, try to go as fast as I can. I thought this show was actually pretty decent. Like, there was chaotic shit going on, you know, going down. I feel like since the booking is going to feel random to get us to the next set of specials, it won't be booked like the traditional way because they haven't really announced any matches. Like, you don't know if BCC are heels or baby faces right now. They're in a few of the best friends and Lucha Bros, seemingly, but... I know someone like Mox is not going to face them unless him and Orange Cassidy go to a match to get Mox the title and then he feuds maybe with Kingston over it. But I always look at BCC as tweeners depending on who they're feuding with. 
and they just kind of adjust. It, it, it keeps it simpler in my fucking head, but, you know, I did like some of the angle on the show for the most part. It feels like a, um, a bit of collision influences here now because there are some matches that were working a slower pace to some extent. And there are, like, kind of more video packages and, and promos that came off similar to what they do on Collision, like for the Tag Team Battle Royal promotion, basically, on Rampage. But we'll see how long this fucking lasts. Anyway, I, I just think the main concern is that you should be you, you should be mentioning what the main event is or some notable matches for the upcoming fucking shows, like the one at Wembley. The one we heard about, it's like no one's going to look forward to the possible Jericho and Osprey match. And that's their fault for making Jericho a discourse wrestler. But I'll say overall, I, I did enjoy the matches, angles, and mic segments on this show. But I'm not going to do this in order because stuff in the opening match played a role later in the show. But they started with AR versus uh, Orange Cassidy for the international title. And I figured this would just be a random match with, and the bare minimum they could get from... From from it, it just Darby like Darby's challenge on his behalf as a favor for Ar 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 Fox letting Darby live with him you know rent free essentially. I didn't think uh, much of this defense going going in, and normally th this is the case when I've always but then I always end up enjoying the match immensely. You know what I mean? Like it might not be the 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 match that goes okay. This is gonna fucking make me you know tune in definitely whatever. But, like, guys like AR and other indie guys who have had a career and tenure in the industry for a while now, who get signed by the by WWE or, you know, this company, feel like they only get hired because they can bring them out for some decent matches. Although, when you have them part of random teams or alignments and then nothing substantial takes place, then it just feels like people like AR might have a ceiling in the company. But the match was one of AR's better showings in the company, plus the angle afterwards was really well done. And I could kind of predict where it was going to go afterwards. Um, you know, I could you know kind of predict where it was going to go afterwards. And it, and it was really well done, though. I, I, I kind of... Uh, like, you know, I kind of did just just kind of try to predict where it was going to go, and then and, and it actually... Because I was watching on delay. I was watching on delay since I, you know, wanted to finish on the last podcast I was doing. So, you know what I mean, I didn't look at any of the results, but I was like, I, I can see where the booking patterns are going. But I, I knew that AR was not going to beat Orange Cassidy for the title, so that also kind of made me not look forward to it going in, because at some point, you know, he needs to drop the title. And then I end up, like, you know, liking the matches afterwards, and think that when he does lose the title, it really has to be a great moment or an important person who ends up taking it from him. You know, which, again, maybe it might be Moxley, maybe. Who knows? But uh, let me get to it. I felt like they showed, they slowed the pace down and told a good story. They showed those bur burst of fancy high-flying shit being done, but it didn't feel like it was going insanely rapid like Dynamite matches always seem to, you know, feel like, basically. Like, I wasn't struggling keeping up with it as much as I do, or maybe I'm learning how to not jot every fucking movement down. I'm at the fucking point, like, jotting down, like, every bowel movement they fucking take after the fucking match, maybe, you know what I mean? But this was a good opener, and the thing is, if they didn't uh, do the AR angle, I assumed that someone from BCC would get involved, considering the ROH pay-per-view angle that took place. So it was like they gave you two angles that were going on. <coughs> you know what I mean? So, like, I, I just assumed this would just be a good defense for Orange Cassidy, and then, you know, then you maybe have the, the BCC come out and do something. 
since, you know, BCC were going to be in the main event fighting best friends and Lucha Bros. So they showed a video package of the history of Darby and Aox and um, Aox, a- a- uh, no Ar Fox, and then they, they showed how he helped him out when he was homeless. Ar didn't charge him a dime and says Ar deserves a shot, and without Ar there would be no Darby. This is probably the most you've gotten as a character from Ar that they had, um, like you know, and, and they had an established guy like Darby kind of give him approval to put the put to put him over essentially. So this is like I think this helped a lot before this match. They show footage of what happened at Death Before Honor with the world title match and the best friend in Orange Cassidy getting involved. They, so they slow play this. Um, he gave, uh, Orange Cassidy gave a half-ass handshake to um, A.R. Fox. He got bo- A.R. got booed for go- going for a standing switch before Orange Cassidy could put his hands in his pocket at first. But then it, tur- it turns out that they were kind of more into... As it went on, I felt like they were more into AR. Maybe I'm like, you know, maybe I didn't read it properly or something like that. But Orange Cassidy plays dead for um plays um he plays dead for a wrist lock, and then starts getting aggressive. They do some wrestling spiel for a bit. Orange Cassidy mentioned managed to get out of a body scissors when he shimmied out with his hands in his pocket. They come to a stalemate. Um, AR and Orange uh, are counting a bunch of shit until AR drops drops down and kicks back up. When Orange Cassie misses the punch and AR got an insiguri. Orange Cassie blocks the cutter that AR does with a roll through, but Orange Cassie goes for a brisk walk to retreat. And then AR ran past him on the apron and then does a moonsault onto him, basically. AR slipped through the middle rope, um, slipped through the middle, um, to drop, like, which drops Orange Cassie and he goes for some shit, but Orange Cassie gets a stun dog. AR counters the DT. He mule kicks him from the corner and then gets a stunner. Orange Cassidy DT was blocked for a twisted brain buster. They were going at it during the picture in picture, but I was so behind, so I was fording through it. And they were tussling over a backslide. They exchanged high boots back and forth until they both nail one at the same time. They both block moves and they both then nail um, a double neck breaker because they went for the same idea. Orange Cassidy does a back and forth head slams against a turnbuckle pad. Uh, AR goes for the apron with the, when Orange Cassie sl- um, slingshot it in, basically, and does a senton. Does um, the dive over the rope onto him. AR does a, a flying senton for a near fall. Orange Cassie topes out onto AR and then uh, gets a DET. And the way AR sold it was fucking insane, like, you know, RVD level sell, basically. Orange Cassidy gets uh, the beach break for a very close near fall. AR got a split-legged Spanish fly on Orange Cassie as he was um, perched on the, ro- on the rope. Orange Cassidy um, uh, slowly rolls out before Eric can go to the top, so he ro- he opts to roll through on the apron for a senton, and then a DT from um, for a, for a near fall. Air rolls through from the top and tweaks his ankle, which let Orange Cassidy get a pinning combo. Orange Cassidy anticipates a move and then gets a mouse trap for the um, gets a, gets a mouse trap for the win. You know, and then the, the, so the, yeah, so so that was basically it, really, right there. Um, then Orange Cassidy puts the sunglasses on AR to show the respect, and then, uh, after, and then after AR is getting kind of, like, cheers for it, whatever, he, um, he breaks it and then gives him, gives Orange Cassidy a cheap shot, basically, and attacks him, and then he left and Darby came out and started, like, shoving him, chastising him about what he did, 
he should just take the L like a man, and AR kind of apologized, but he tried to leave. I felt this was leading to AR maybe joining the Mogul affiliates. I mean, that's what I thought at the at this moment I was writing it down. Then Mox came out and takes Orange Cassidy out, and there's a Death Rider on him. At, th- at this point, I didn't know if I should go to the Darby and Swerve in case AR got involved with that, or should I just go to the Best Friends versus BCC and Lucha Bros. So I had to go to the Darby versus Swerve next, and then also follow the Pac and BCC stuff. So I didn't need that order. I just hate containing thoughts until a guest, um, you know, gets to the next segment featuring the people in charge, like people that are like involved with this shit, people in charge. But no, but I'll, I'll say this match was pretty fucking good to start off. It just told a good story of Orange Cassidy getting more desperate. And even I know he's a baby face and there's nothing wrong with getting desperate, especially if you've been a fighting champion. The aesthetic of it comes off like it's a heel shit, basically. And AR doesn't really have a character and they did show um, the baby face... Uh, thing for him helping out helping out his friend Darby uh, so people were were kind of into him a lot more than I actually anticipated basically you know people were into him regardless but that video package made him a big fucking baby face and it felt like the crowd was kind of on his side a little bit more maybe and maybe they weren't aware weren't as into Orange Cassie's tactics even though Orange Cassie was being smart with how you know to retreat etc but then the end but the ending of uh, being the shadow I didn't know if he's going to continue this feud with him, but as soon as Darby came out of chastise AR about it, I concluded that it was going to be more about them, and I figured AR was not physically attacking Darby right there as well. I figured it would have an impact later when he fully does embrace the heel turn by hitting Darby to extract it. I, I, I didn't know it was going to happen this week, but then, you know, it kind of made sense. I figured he, he might align with the Mogul affiliates. I figured Swerve would just lose another match, and then by Darby getting that title shot against Lucha, does he then take on Swerve for all in, then because the feud got a little bit more heated, because I th- I just thought Swerve was going to end up just losing, and then it would be more complaints about his booking and all that kind of shit, but it made you, it made the, his win over Darby was more fucking heated, so it made the fucking, you know, you want to see the feud more, continue more. Or maybe there's gonna be a tag match happening with Swerve and AR versus Darby and Sting. I don't know, or Darby and fucking Nick Wayne, basically. I don't know what it'll be, but they made this feud more interesting, and it feels like the Mogul affiliates actually have more momentum on their side as far as characters. And I hate using the word momentum in a pro wrestling context because of how much it's been prostituted. But I'll, I'll get into it because you know because I I'll, I want to get into the next match. But I, I like this opening match. I felt there was some collision influence to an extent, you know, because like like they did like uh, slow like they didn't just go ball to the walls with stuff like that. They're actually slow playing at times, and they made the spots count. So Orange Cassidy is now like officially the most successful champion in the company with twenty five defenses, which is why it annoys me on Wikipedia. Still, they count. The international title as a new reign because the title because of, because the title of the comp like because of the name basically but the company is acknowledging it's the same lineage despite the fucking name change. I don't, I don't know why it drives me fucking crazy, but I, I I just wish someone would edit it by now. It just seems a little bit weird to me. They did the close calls in this match really well. I was into like I was into them where I bought into the match being over, and I feel like with Mox getting involved in the end. That his portion of whatever he does for the time being, he's going to be feuding with, uh, feuding for the title with Orange Cassidy. And it would be cool for Mox to uplift another title if he were to win it. Because Orange Cassidy already made the title feel as like the like the secondary title in the company next to the world champion. So, you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 like, it's like succeeded fucking TNT title, right? 
because of how they booked the TNT title. So if Mox does win it, it would definitely be seen as like a big time title because I like when a former world champion goes for other titles because they can make it feel important. Plus, they can then put someone over who can beat a made guy and it doesn't have to be for the world title. Like if Mox wins it and someone who's a mid-carder beats him and then it gets a victory over one of the most protected guys in like, you know, the company, it'll give that person cred. So in the future, when they do challenge for a world title, you can say he beat a former world champion and also took a title from him. I like to think far ahead of what can extract from it. You know what I mean? It would be easier to know that Mox is feuding for the international title in Orange Cass- and with Orange Cassidy because from what went on in the main event, I'm confused as to who is going to be feuding with who because Lucha Bros still seem like they're in this. And BCC gave a warning to Pac, so I figured Pac would get involved in the main event, but he didn't come out for the main event. But then he was in a stupid match f- for the booker to do a fucking stupid inside joke with the audience. I'll, I'll get into it after Dar- the Darby stuff, but it feels like they're incorporating Darby more into storylines to get other people over from both shows, essentially. Like him giving a seal of approval to AR helped him help make AR feel like he was like you know really hyped before this match. So I like that Darby is using whatever star power he has to basically get other angles or other people over and make the you know... And they made the initial strike on Orange Cassidy mean something by coming out to shit on the actions of what he did, basically. So I figured this would play into the swerve match, and it did toward the ending. And I feel like the stable of mogul affiliates has some needed hype to it. I just hope they keep swerve strong and have better protection. I could see a multi-match man ha- happening at all-in, where maybe you have mogul affiliates go at people who have they been beefing with. I know people are envisioning these dream match scenarios for All In, but since they have not really announced anything, part of me thinks they will try to get as many people on the show, and since the UK crowd will be into anything since it's a stadium show, and it's the first time in AEW will will go there, it feels like it will kind of give you a bunch of multi-man matches. I actually hope I'm wrong, but I'm looking I'm looking at how they're building shit and haven't made anything official and it feels like it's gonna be predicated on the fact that the show is already doing well with the sales. So they can essentially just name anything because this is the, the you know, this will be like one of the more like even though it'll be one of the more, the more official milestones for the company, but then since it's a discourse company as well, they'll also have issues with booking which people will kinda shit on, so we have more discourse about Tony Khan not knowing how to fucking book. You know? So I'll get into Darby versus um, Swerve. You know? So since Darby got involved with the opening segment, I said I'm done, uh, yo, uh, and I'm done with the main event, I might as well get to this match right here, right? So Nick Wayne accompanied him. They did the wrestling spiel with headlocks and arm drags. They come to a stalemate until Darby gets an arm drag. Darby had saw, saw Swerve hand springing um, into him, so he drops out, but Swerve flips over to the floor. It looked cool. But Darby got a code red on the floor. Darby throws him toward the steps and then puts the steps in the middle of the floor area. But Darby leaped over and then Swerve off the steps, does one of those fucking jumping kicks he does. They come back, Swerve had control. He got a rolling flatliner and then the wrist control brain buster he does for a near fall and then um then he did what uh, uh he did what he did to nick wayne by trying to snap the arm of darby 
but Darby kind of avoids it. They get a bunch of pinning predicaments forever. We're seeing forever. And then Darby got out of the... Uh, then the Darby... Um, no, sorry, Swerve got out of the Last Supper. And then, um, like, he, you know, avoided the fucking pin for that. And Swerve was talking to Nana about, about about the close call. Like, you know, he's kind of, like, strategizing, whatever. And then Darby topes onto him, and they both just drop outside. Swerve rolls out, um, rolls out to the other side to, to the ring to avoid the pin. Darby goes for one of those fancy kicks, um... No, 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 sorry, Swerve did one of those fucking, you know, jump kicks when Darby, but Darby does one of those, you know, again, yeah, because Darby kicked himself when he was toe-paying on himself. Uh, Swerve, um, Swerve uh, goes for a diving stomp. Darby ends up getting a stun dog from the top rope after he counters something Swerve was doing. Darby goes for the coffin drop from the top when Swerve was on the apron, but Swerve got him crotched on the top, and then he goes for the Death Valley driver from the top onto the apron, and then somebody comes out and throws Darby into the ring post, and Nick and Nana, Nick Wayne and Nana were kind of going at it, or like, you know, like, they're tussling with each other, but but let's swerve, get the JML driver for the win, and it's revealed to be AR Fox, and then Nick's, um, who the Nick stops when he was attacking, you know, um, when he was attacking Swerve, and AR uses a skateboard on Nick Wayne, when in, when Nick Wayne was ta- attacking Swerve, and then AR is uh, offered a mogul affiliate shirt. I like this match a lot. It was cool to play off Swerve knowing how to counter Darby's pins because he's probably experienced that a lot. I like how they played with the um the, the I like how they played with the um the, the match psychology essentially. Um, the Death Valley Driver spot um and the kick to counter the tope was really fucking insane. They didn't really do so much fucking insane shit. They made the spots they they did count basically. People were critical of the Death Valley Driver spot on the apron that didn't finish the match. But, like, right after, but it, it wasn't like he had a chance to, uh, like, he could have finished the match, but, like, you know, he got the JML, like, you know, he got attacked right after, and then the JML driver to finish it off. Listen, we, we can cherry pick when we think matches should end or some shit, but I've seen a million matches where so much fucking happened that it doesn't end a match, and that, that I don't know how to feel, like, you know, cherry picking. Like, I mean, I do get pissed when, like, Lucha, Lucha guys, um, does mo- like, they, they do the most insane high flying shit. And then wins with some basic high flying shit. You know what I mean? Like, but if the wrestlers are showing so much resilience to pain from other shit, and they they showed that, wouldn't like I think they could get out of this because Darby has kicked out of wild shit, um, like more more vicious than this. So it's not one of the biggest moves done to him essentially. So I could buy that he could kick out of it, but it, but or it didn't finish the match. But again, like you didn't, like, it didn't attempt to finish the match. Like you know what I mean, it happened. And then the attack happened afterwards, so we wouldn't even know if that would have finished the match or not. But I like AR getting involved, and then the commentator is not sure when the uh, who the person was at first. But I was wondering the heel. T- I, I I was wondering first if the heel turn would be minimal. But aligning with Sawyer shows me they got something going, and maybe this group can actually fucking cook. Part of me wonders since if like you know Bill is not aligned with, like like since Bill, Big Bill is aligned with Cage and Nana's still involved too with that. As well, because on Rampage, and people who are uh, people are really into cheering Bill. Maybe they're aligning them so they can have more enemies for Mogul affiliates. So you can get a Nick Wayne, Darby, Sting, Big Bill, and Keith against like the Mogul affiliates. If you, if you like, this would be a good way to have AR part of a feud. But he can kind of like direct his anger towards maybe more Nick Wayne. His reactions were pretty fucking good in the match, Nick Wayne's. 
I was focusing on the AR stuff, but I didn't know what Nana was doing with Wayne. Was he holding him back from getting involved, or if that, if like, like I mean, if so, then I kind of like that a manager like Nana is strong enough to kind of take on Wayne because Wayne is still a fucking, you know, he's still a kid. He's like, you know, he's still eighteen years old. So an elder who who was a former wrestler can definitely overpower him. Essentially, you know what I mean. But I really feel like the stable could be a dangerous stable if you protect it more. I hope this signals that there's big plans for the group, and I'm looking forward to what they do with it. It feels like I, I, it feels like just like I can predict with WWE booking patterns, I can kind of see how Tony Khan's booking plans will take place. And so it's not that I agree or I think they should go this fucking route. You know what I mean? But I'm looking at the patterns now since it's a discourse company. So like. I key in the key elements involved. So we have a stadium show. No matches announced despite showing us what storyline that there's some like they're showing us in some in some way that there's direction going on. But the then the then the first time shows for another country always has us envisioning some of the greatest dream matches possible. But then they just settle on some of the multi man matches to get people on the card and you have enough people associated where you can basically justify the moguls being on a big stage as a unit. That that could stand out. Plus, you know, you get many, you get as many people on the card. I feel like the card will be the disc will be discourse going in when they start announcing shit. Maybe I'm wrong, but you know, maybe the powers that be spied on me during the write ups and are listening to me before I fucking you know make before I publish this and will scramble to prove me wrong. Maybe, but it feels like the for for at least for all in at least. I think I feel like. The, like I'm not saying there won't be any single matches or anything like that. I'm just saying that I think a lot of fucking matches are gonna have like a lot of multi man matches on them. So you can have like every you know what I mean people are not gonna like that, but people will still be in it in the UK, you know. So I'll get to the BCC and you know all that stuff right now. So Claudio and Yuta, um, like you know, uh, and 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 Mox came in afterwards. They cut a promo. Well, mostly Claudio about a PSA: Don't play with fire with all the kids around here. Don't mess with the BCC. Pock, if that's what he thinks he pulled, la- if what he thinks he pulled last week at Blood and Guts, and the beating he took at ROH was um was it? This is just the beginning. He's if you he, he think that's just just the beginning, he's totally mistaken. He could take it. He couldn't take it like a man. Then Mock comes in and says, "This happened right after the first match, by the way." And says, "This is what you get when you step to the boys when he's on um step to his boys when he's not in the building. If there's anyone else that thinks they're the coolest cat in the room, stay in your lane." And he gives a warning to Lucha Bros. They're playing with explosives and they're um, praying for Pox mistakes. They're paying for Pox mistakes, basically, and they're gonna get hurt essentially. So I figured, like you know, they warned Pox so he would get involved in the angle later on, and I assume he will get involved in the angle overall. And I figured, like you know, the, like maybe they'll get involved with Pox in this match. But this is why I thought this match even happened. But what we got was a fucking waste of fucking time. I'm sorry. I don't like to shit on this guy Gravity. Because maybe he'll change my mind. But it feels like someone who's getting a payday for some of these more comedy matches. Because as a wrestler, he's not really been that impressive. And it seems like... To, it seems to operate like me. Like, like it seems... He oper- he operates l- like like me getting back and playing video games and not knowing how to familiar my f- familiarize myself with the fucking buttons basically, like you know what I mean? Like he's like it looks like he's like you know it, it feels like he's an AI basically like basically malfunctioning in the middle of the fucking match or something like that. But this is what they book instead of another women's match. Tony Khan would rather book for inside jokes than put effort into the women's division. 
you know, putting more women match on to let women develop will, you know, be a lot better than just wasting more high-profile guys to water down feuds more by having non-stop matches. And who, and who was this match for? Again, another obvious booking error when you could do a lot booking better. Oh my god, can you believe they're doing an inside joke based off Pac's past nickname they gave him? This would have sufficed as maybe the first match on Dynamite when they first like started doing it. And it would have been seen in a better light back then. But this is like right up there with some shitty things that WWE has done with their attempts at comedy. The company is like is definitely not in its honeymoon phase anymore to justify this. So Gravity comes out in an astronaut gear. He walked slowly... And then he ran. He he. And then he ran. And Pac is making sure, you know. Oh, your gravity, gravity nails him with the drop kick, silly strings, and does another one. He does fancy shit to avoid contact and getting another drop kick. Pac is getting more flustered by this. Gravity gets out of the ring as Pac gets in, and he's running around, um, running around. And Pac is finally gets him with a baseball slide. He got a power slam on Pac. Then um, on the apron, he does a stalling splash. They come back. Gravity is on the mat like he's fucking dead. Pac was talking mad shit to him. Uh, Gravity drops him with the boots and then does a twisting crossbody. But Pac got a midsection kick and a shotgun drop kick. He goes for the brain buster and locks in the brutalizer for the win, basically. BCC were watching backstage during it. So basically another generic lucha guy they hired that will get get put in random matches and maybe he's supposed to be a utility player. But there's so many other utility players who could be used a time to get themselves over other than some dude who has like a ceiling in this company. Let me guess, he'll randomly be managed by Alex Abrahantes at some point. And he'll be in random team with Commander and Vikingo. Or maybe he'll be like, you know, when Pac is in there, he tagged with the Lucha Bros. You could use anyone from this. Maybe, maybe this guy, you know, should be mainly be an ROH guy until you get us in the groove. But I still think this is just a waste of fucking time when you could have had a promo from the women on the show or have another fucking match. This is what this is what Tony Kong wastes his time with. Sorry, this is not good. And quite frankly, I felt like this is a waste of fucking time. And Pac was still playing the heel, and it felt like when BCC interacted with the best friends, they were the heel to them. So it's hard to keep up with the layers going on. So the match itself in the main event was chaotic. But I feel because like there are, there are rivalries with Yuta and best friends that whenever best friends get involved with BCC, there's actually like some hype to it. I, I know anyone who's on the anti-CM Punk side is the devil. We can't give them compliments because we need to have an un- we need to have uncharismatic shitheads online play like there's a fucking war between that between the brands. So they'll shit on anything that you know that like and that that certain people have done basically. I like the call, but I like the call back with them because something about BCC brings out the most aggressive side from best friends. And I would be more interested in BCC just feuding with them, but now I'm not too sure how this will go with the debt triangle seemingly being involved. But this is this this at least feels like Orange Cassidy is going to be feuding with Mox. Uh, that's what I can fucking extract from it. But, you know what I mean? But everything else is hard to extract from it, you know? I feel like it could serve as a way to get the title off of Orange Cassidy. And if you want to get heel heat, uh, for someone to take the title off of Orange Cassidy and take advantage of the fact that Orange Cassidy is barely hanging on by a thread in these defenses, you know, Mox would be that guy, you know. I would have him I would have him take it off the same way. Uh it take it off him and then transition into a Mox versus Kingston for all out maybe. I I'm getting ahead of myself, but I wanted to clear those thoughts before going to the main event. 
So again, I was not looking. I was not looking forward to recapping this because it feels like it was gonna be like I'm all over the fucking place. And they brawled right away, even before BCC made their way out to the ring from the crowd. You know, to the ring. You know, BCC then gets involved. Someone topped onto them. I didn't want to recap all the brawling shit. Chucky threw Mox off the stage and dove onto it on him and Claudio and Penta. Finally, the match starts with Claudio and Phoenix starting off in the ring. They get aggressive striking back and forth. Phoenix gets a spring arm drag and Trent does a knee strike. And Mox gets hit with a cutter on Trent. Chuck with a thrust kick. Penta with a thrust kick to him. Claudio with an uppercut to Penta. Phoenix and Claudio go at it. And then Claudio gets a pop-up uppercut for a near fall. I like that Mox got in the ring and kind of, you know, um, to keep an eye if anyone would break it up, but no one really did, right? But Phoenix did kick out. Mox and Claudio doing the frequent tag, the snap suplex, leg drop. Claudio sna- um, stops Phoenix momentum with a lariat. Phoenix gets a thrust kick. Uh, Trent gets, uh, tries to fight them off. I wasn't sure if the rules were three people in the ring or not, because, I don't know, you know, this brand doesn't enforce the fucking rules, like, from Collision. Uh, Trent got Claudio with the, bu- bu- by su- they called it Busaiko suplex. Claudio uppercutted to counter the tope. Mock gets a King Kong lariat. BCC had control over Trent during, you know. So I guess it's just two in the ring, I guess. I, I wasn't too sure because everything was just so fucking chaotic. They come back from the break and then, um... They come back and Claudio just dropped from trying to uppercut. So Trent got a missile drop kick. Chuck and Mox go at it. Soul Foot, soul foot uh, you know, Soul Foo. I, I don't know what... what, what I, I never know what to, what to call it. So I never put Soul Foot... They fucking then, uh, you know, basically, um, my documents basically uh, auto-corrected to Soul Food. So I put here Soul Food. Soul Food from Chuck. Mock got a sleeper, but then the back, and then uh, a sleeper, but Chuck got a German. Penta tagged in. Got a slingshot, got a sling, got a sling blade two times before a backstabber. BC did an assisted cutter. Phoenix takes both of them. With a crossbody, a thrust kick, but a double lariat from BCC to Phoenix and Penta. Chucky gets a La Magistral Cradle. All of them are fighting with each other. And in the midst of, of it, best friends being exhausted, uh, leading for a hug, basically. They do a stuffed pile driver from Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros get Casador moves into submissions. Phoenix had Chuck in the ankle lock while Penta snapped Trent's arm back. Goes for the Made in Japan and BCC break it up. Mox gets a paradigm shift on Phoenix. Claudio does a hammer and anvil elbows on Chuck. Mox stops on Trent. Claudio gets a Ricola bomb on Chuck. They're going to do some kind of finish, but Orange Cassie comes in and punches Judah as he's walking down to the ring. He and Mox go at it. There's like no DQ, so it's a triple threat. Trent gets a strong zero, but Claudio is not the legal man, which was really solid, really well done by Trent because he, the way he sold it, it was like really sold well by Trent because... He almost had, like, you know, a win over a stable that's, like, notoriously got the best out of them on multiple times. So when he had a move done, he didn't have the right guy, which kind of shows you the disadvantage of sometimes having a triple threat when you're in the heat of the moment and you're not keeping up with who the legal man is. I thought that was pretty fucking cool. Trent got super kicked from, uh, got super kicked from Phoenix when he got Penta for the strong zero, and Penta gets a fear factor for the win. And then BCC and Best Friends Brawl, the Lucha Bros kind of get involved toward the end. This kept going on with the commenters mentioned on Dynamite 200. It'll be Trent versus Mox versus Penta. So they're clearly still keeping Lucha Bros in this. But it's hard to know what match or feud is being built from it. Like the only thing uh, that is that we're definitely getting a Mox and Orange Cassidy. And maybe they add Pac into it and make it a triple threat. But I think Mox destroying Orange Cassidy... As, as a final coffin to end the reign would be a lot better. 
Like, if Mox did the same shit he did to Punk in their world title match on Dynamite, that would be fucking awesome. Like, you know what I mean? I would think that would make a statement, but I mean, who knows? You could do that on television, but I would do it at Wembley because that would be more of a standout moment that um, that you could market for Orange Cassidy's character being embarrassed on a grand level and the lesson he learned that he took to, to, took on too much title defenses, you know, and it ultimately cost him. I do like that BCC seemed to be feuding with the best friends more because I always thought they should revisit that shit, but I mean, who knows? Lucha Bros seem to win, but then they always end up being the least important part of the storyline-wise, you know what I mean? They never consistently book the Lucha Bros to be important figures because the group has so many start-and-stop pushes. But I'm curious of what will happen. This is what I mean when I say they seem to be going in the direction of factions and multiple tag teams feuding with each other where they're going to be built, they're going to build up a bunch of multi-man matches for the Wembley show, which will be great for the crowd seeing all the talent. But people will definitely complain if that's the fucking case. It's hard to know because nothing has been announced other than Darby versus Luchasaurus for All Out. You know what I mean? Like you really there's two pay-per-views. I do like that they did the tag match, but it also you know can tie into also being a trios feud as well, depending on how you want to play this. I kind of dread chaotic booking, but I'm you know trying to extract as much good out of it. Otherwise, I would just be another boring personality just complaining and not coming up with extractions or solutions to what could be done. Even though this company has its heart set out on being a discourse company first and foremost, it seems. So we had the Jericho interview. Callus says that outpour uh, him and Callus were being interviewed. Callus says that outpouring interest from fans and the media at the potential Jer- Jericho joining um, the family, which makes them feel like they have to give us something, uh, you know, and they, they, they feel like they have to give us something and, and no pressure. But he's arranged a dream tag match for Jericho teaming up with Takashita um, against you know and, and Chris. No, first he mentioned that he teamed with Takashita. Chris says, Takashita is amazing. He's willing to give it a try, essentially. And then Callus tells them that the opponents will be Garcia and Sammy Guevara, and Jericho thinks about it. Callus, you know, basically smoothly talks him into it. Said they need to step up for the next level, and he agrees, and then, then Callus reveals a work of art he commissioned. The same one that he has done for him and Omega and him, Takashita. Basically, to memorize uh, that, that promo they cut with Bad News Allen to celebrate the possibility of joining the family. This is really funny with the painting. Bad News Allen is looking down. I'm like, it's like they put Bad News Allen in a fucking, uh, in in like you know you, you know that face app where you just put a smiling filter there. I don't think Bad News Brown ever fucking smiled, man. You know. I'm joking, of course. But every time I saw him in WWE, that's why I I I kind of you know I relate to Bad News Brown in in WWE like as a kid. Like I I I I just like the I was intrigued by the fact that Bad News Brown was this bad guy, but he would also not get along with other fucking bad guys. And so the, and there was a situation where I did feel fucking bad for him because it seemed like he would get fucked over in situations. You know what I mean? So I I, I me, me personally, I always liked Bad News Brown. I'm glad that he has like a whole reput- reputation outside WWE because I I always when Steve Austin was doing his character. I always refer to Steve Austin as White Bad News Brown because what they're called Bad News Brown could have run with the Stone Cold like fucking character. You know, watch that promo on Brother Love Show when Jack Jack he fucking threatens Jack Tunney. I remember like yo, I I, I wish you know he had a better run, man. But like, 
back back then if you're a, like if you're a heel you work with Hulk Hogan that would be it and you go down the card like no one could elevate <clears throat> I don't know so then later J, the JS was seen to get walking together it was 2.0 Ty and Anna J basically and Jerk asked what they up to they go into the locker room and ask about the painting and Jericho doesn't want to talk about it. And he asked, um, and Jericho asked Ty about the baby and Ty says the baby is fine but asks what's happening with Jericho. Parker says the comb was given to him by Jericho but he's not ready to give it back just yet. It means the world to him. The entire family and the crew, it means the same to, Jer- it means the same to Jericho but he's not, too- he asked him, it means the same to Jericho but now he's not too sure. Then Anna said that he he um she'll say it because Jericho won't. He's being selfish. They spent all this time appreciating him, but he doesn't appreciate them. And until they know for sure, like Hager, they can't give him a hundred percent. Jericho asks if they think this is easy for him, and Matt says it does look easy. And he says, "Figured this is the most serious you saw Matt Menard." Basically, I kind I kind of dug it though. If you look, the JS are the ones who are going to be going more heel, and Jericho's coming off like he is the one who's going to be making the baby face turn. They could fool us and have Jericho just join. Like, you know, and, and but, but part of me wonders if the JS are the ones who are going to join Callus or some shit, and they turn on Jericho. I don't know, it's, just, it's, coming across, it's coming across that way, but I don't know how, like, what to extract from Jericho shit, because the last few years has been... A disc, he's been a discourse wrestler. People are designed to complain about this guy's storylines. And we're supposed to dread them, even though like there will be a couple of cool things about, about a promo or maybe a match. But then the ultimate formula for his feuds always seem to fall apart. And I don't like feeling that way for someone who I held in high regard as being one of the best. But in this era we're in, you know, like, you know, this, like this could result in, you know, it, it just seems like it always goes into like a horrible... Like, everyone just ends up being be, being more fucking upset about Jericho being on their television screens. This could result in everyone from Jericho just kind of doing their own thing, like the JS doing their own thing, while Jericho aligns with Callus. Like, if Jericho versus Osprey is happening, then something tells me that Osprey will, will either kind of align with Callus and Jericho ends up kind of being a babyface, or if Jericho and Takashita versus um, Omega and Bushi happen, then I can see, see him joining that way. I, I don't know what to really... Like, I don't know what exactly is going to go on because the JS could just be sports entertaining and maybe they all rebrand into the family so it comes off bigger than it is. But it's hard for me to know. So, you know, Jericho and Takashita versus Sammy and Garcia will be interesting. I think maybe I would anticipate this more after Jericho losing to Claudio that instead of putting Jericho in random feud with Starks and Cole, maybe they should have concluded the Garcia stuff with him and Garcia breaking out of the sports entertainment shit. And now it feels like they're putting it out there, but now they're including this callous shit basically into it. And again, it's hard to know where this is going because it could be straightforward with Jericho just joining, but it's making me think how, how think with how much I've seen the shit, shit play out that maybe Callus is not really with Jericho, you know what I mean? Because if Jericho's remaining a heel, he wouldn't be acting so nice and innocent. He would have been acting very aggressive toward the JS for even, like, considering doubting him. So, we'll see what happens, you know what I mean? Like, I have no fucking clue. But that's the whole point with Jericho feuds. You're not supposed to really know anything anymore because it's always a fucking discourse feud, essentially. The Jack Perry promo... Tony uh, gets the fans' reaction to this, basically, you know, kind of saying that their fans are, you know, kind of disgusted with you. 
Jack said he he's wearing a shirt. You know, he, he said he beat Hook after he um he, he beat Hook, and after the loss, he Hook took went home to a train in nowhere. He had, he had a shirt that said he beat Hook. He said that when he's said he when he was gonna get himself a championship, he wasn't talking about this one. The title was created in a second class company with a bunch of scumbags like the rest of the crowd. The title had never been recognized, and as soon as he touched it, it became the real deal. He is the real deal. He is that damn good and the greatest wrestler to ever get ten feet of this thing. He would run circles around Taz and his dirtbag friends. And then Jerry Lynn interrupts and says that's enough. He tells him to check his pager. Um, Jack tells him to check his pager because his name, because Jerry Lynn kept calling him Jungle. Basically, he goes get your pager because his name is not Jungle. He's Jack Perry. And Jerry Lynn says they paved the way for this generation. Without ECW, there would never have been a Jungle Boy. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever. And then he, 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 he keeps running that mouth, he will get his ass kicked. And Jack makes sure he said that. And he would like to see um, who will do that. And J- Jerry Lynn drops the mic. Jack backs away and says that they'll do it on his time. And probably to come back next week and he'll get his ass kicked. I thought they announced a match with them. But it's just a face-to-face, essentially. I like Jack's part, but I would have rather Taz come out to confront Jack instead of Jerry Lynn. I I also want to know the fucking timeline of how ECW was responsible for people like Jack Perry to get into. You know what I mean? Like, not really. It's really. It felt. It felt like really the bottom of the barrel. But I did think Jack did come across better. I, but but I don't know what they're playing on, other than maybe Hook making the save. You know, Jack should threaten to bury the title and burn it to the ground or some shit to piss on the memory of ECW. And have Hook finally win it back. When and when he does, he can then officially retire it because the title is not really needed anymore because you have so many other titles. But if you want to get a get a blood feud out of it and give a good a memorable and get a good memorable feud, the thing is, I don't know if you will meet the intensity of the Sabu and Taz as far as the current feud goes. But if they're trying to give Hook a big storyline that involves the title before they retire it, I don't really mind this. You know what I mean? Like, I, fi- I, I like the I like uh, that Jack is shitting on the title. He's not acting like it's important to him, basically. It's only important because it means so much to Hook because of his dad, essentially. I don't know why you needed Jerry Lynn out there on the mic. The, the guy's never really been the best promo. So, you know, I'll see where this goes. It's hard to know if the rematch will be at all-in or all-out. This feels like an all-out. This will be like a singles match and all-out, maybe. You know, that's what I fucking feel. I don't know. Then we had the MJF and Cole promo. I think this is from last week, after their match. So they showed it here for some reason. They should have shown... Both FDR and Cash promos on Collision instead of doing the promo they did on Collision with FTR. Or maybe FDR should have, you know. It was M- before Cole speaks, MJ was going to interrupt Cole's portion to say that he liked FDR better when they were his lackeys and that that was the pinnacle of their career. And then brings up Cash rocking a mullet in 2023 and is very brave talking business when there's a party in the back. Something about a business when there's a party in the back. Every time they make eye contact of a woman, they all want to do is yak. And then addresses Dax. He's so sick and tired of his Mr. Clean, Yosemite Sam looking ass. Standing in front of a camera saying the same shit over and over again he does. It is an impression of him, about you know, which was like really good. He mocks a no flips and no fist. He's going to take his fist so hard. He's going to have no choice but to spit out CM Punk's jockstrap from me. Because they're, they're, they're winning the titles. 
the only three initials that matter is not FTR, it's MJF, and they're going to win Bay Bay, basically. And Cole says he wants to say something to MJF. The goal, his goal was winning the gold in AEW, and it's become about friendship for him, and he never thought they would be friends and that he would enjoy, enjoy it so much. He wants to make it clear he has nothing to worry about with the AEW championship. He was just looking at it and giving it to him. He goes over how much of his friendship it means to him, and he's becoming one of his closest friends. MJF says win, lose, or draw. He's going to give Cole a world title match. And Strong comes in and he shoves MJF and Cole calms him down, tells Strong he loves him like a brother. He's acting insane. He's being possessive and he's pushing him away. He has other friends and he's going to talk to MJF. And then Roddy kind of grabs him and Cole yells, boundaries. This was decent. It feels like Cole could turn heel. It feels like for the for the time being, they're making it look like Cole and MJF right now are the babyfaces going to this match with FTR. But it also seems like the consensus is MJF is remaining the babyface. And here's the thing, even if they make it seem like that, when MJF versus Punk happens, it will most likely happen in Chicago, I think, right? And even though they built the build will have us thinking MJF's a babyface, maybe because Cole turns heel again. But in Chicago, MJF will get booed against Punk. Which is why I think there's going to be a heel turn from MJF. I think they could do the babyface turn for real down the line. But maybe this time they actually make you think that because they'll lean into it a bit more. Because when he mentioned CM Punk jockstrap, it got a fucking positive fucking reaction with what he said about him. And I feel this should have, I feel this should have aired on Collision. Like, you know, last on, on the side of the show, because FDR had good promo they recorded last week. And this is probably why the collision promo was not that great, because FDR knew they cut a scathing promo on Dynamite last week, but after the show ended, basically. It wasn't going to air until this week, so they kind of gave you a little trailer on collision promo while doing the discourse shit of Dax not being, you know, Dax being taken aback by people cheering, um, you know, cheering Cole and MJF. This promo, you know, that I'm going to recap, this should have been the promo we heard on Collision. It's going to be interesting discourse because this entire storyline is going to be figuring out who are the heels and baby faces and everyone acting like this isn't planned to happen. Like, even if the company tries to make Punk an official babyface, he'll get booed in places. So people will think that they are not ready for Punk to get booed and MJF is just being cheered. The line of MJF, you know, willing to give Cole a title shot win, win, lose, or draw could be them showing MJF as a liar, but it felt like Cole was the one who was going to turn fucking back into being a heel or some shit. Who knows? I, I really didn't want the Pinnacle reunion, but, you know... You know, but whatever. I guess, you know, I guess we will, you know, get Babyface MJF, you know. Th- that was a good impression of Dax from MJF. That was really fucking good. I feel like MJF is overplaying it like he hates them, but to me... My dream scenario would be MJF working with the Pinnacle on a plan to fuck over everyone that has, like, kind of, like, wronged them, essentially. And it'll make the group become legendary, because I don't think they created this big-time stable with the talent involved. Just let it go away, you know what I mean? But instead of making a continuous stable, that would, like, you know, be, you know, kind of, like, you know, like, you know, um, kind of stagnant. They had like maybe ex- they, they, they like maybe they had to execute a plan in order to get revenge to make it the group seem like a bigger fucking deal because they accomplished something, you know to like you know get revenge on Punk and humiliate him on another level and also tie into Wardlow as well maybe because he helped embarrass MGF. But I think the Punk injury shit kind of gone the way. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but I'm excited for this match. It feels like more of a big deal that's happening on the show where they have more of a serious tone. So it'll be interesting on how that goes.
they showed a promo from FDR last week backstage. They should they should have shown this you know again before the Cole and MJF promo because Cash is excited, but he feels bad for Cole being dragged into this. He likes Cole. He puts him over, and Cole should know that he hates MJF. He's a terrible human being. He called MJF a gener- generational ass kisser instead of a generational talent. They're you know um and they're generational ass kickers, and um, he has been with MJF through the pinnacle. They've seen how he's operating, how he treats people, and people like his, um, people like his and like, people like his fiance. When they, and and when they uh, get to know uh, who he really is, they really end up leaving him. He likes Cole. He's sorry, but he respects him. But they have to win, and they have to make sure they learn. And MJF is never to for MJF never to mess with FTR. That was Cash speaking basically. And then Dak says he likes Cole, but he's not gonna. Um, He's not gonna uh, win him, like you know, win him. Like he got, like, you know, he he likes Cole, even though he got one over on him before. He doesn't, he didn't sit right with him. He isn't gonna let, uh, let it be two point. Like he's not gonna let it be two and zero. Oh. He could, he could yell and scream about MJF, but he won't, and he won't be gimmicked up. So this is a real him, and he's sure that MJF made fun of his accent. He watched the match and saw the dance routine. He thinks it's hilarious they're making a mockery of tag team wrestling in the AEW Championships. The, um, the match won't be any dance routine, fun and games, no mockery of professional wrestling. They're going to have a fight, and he's going to tell them right now. He's going to beat his ass, and that's an understatement. He's going to beat the shit out of him, and then apologize to his daughter, who is probably watching. If MJF says something about his wife and daughter, he's going to rip his eyeballs out. This is for the title. This is how um, he feeds his family. He loves the business, and if he has to beat him, that's what they'll do, and they'll keep saying, and they, and they keep saying sorry to Adam. This is why I also think they could be, there could be a pinnacle reunion because it's like they're saying sorry to Adam as a way as like a giveaway that they still want to beat MJF, but they're also trying to like basically warn Adam Cole that like what they're gonna do to him is basically you know like you know pre-approved from MJF maybe. You know this has this has me intrigued because it could go so many fucking ways on how they do this shit. Like do FDR turn heel officially because of this match because MJF and Cole will definitely be cheered on this. But the match made me want to watch it even more. So I wish they had done this promo in front of a live crowd to react to it. And you really, like, you really wanted. You could have had FDR, Cole, and MJF have the, uh, you know, a, a last promo to set set up the match for like for a, a go home type of deal. You know what I mean? But these promos were really well done. I just think they could have used them in better places. Because we, because all the discourse was in the weekend was Dax fucking up his promo and not coming off well and it was clearly not him it was it, it came, so now it makes sense now it was clearly not him it was clearly him not wanting to repeat the shit from the tape promo they did you know because because they knew that shit would be airing and knew that show was probably better but I I love both promos I like I, I like not knowing what is happening and how this is gonna play out they managed to make me kind of give a shit about the Cole and MJF uh, shit you know. I'm looking forward to this match. This is how a tag team like title match build should fucking feel. It's like, it feels like a big deal, even though I despise the trope of people who never really tag getting a tag title shot. You know, it's been done over and over again. They showed a collision recap of what happened with the acclaimed and Billy Gunn. They feel I feel like they've been doing a better job recapping stuff from different shows. Uh, the Brit promo. Um, Brit thanks Renee to remind her she's a former world champion, also the face of the division, the baddest bitch on the block. She's not surprised b- by Taya, but um, thank you. But she's not looking forward to the challenge from someone who she respects and admires. But Taya wants to swim with the sharks. She'll drag her ass to the deep end, and uh, she can't think of a better opponent to beat to beat to remind everyone that this is her show. Even though I like this promo, 
for what it was. It doesn't feel like one of those 2020, 2021 confident Brett promos. So they're trying to sell some real life drama going on. They're making her, you know, um, the heel of it because people think Brett herself and others buried Thunder Rosa. And I feel for Thunder, and I blame the company because they're the ones who are probably organizing that shit and judging by this fucking match, which botches aside, I thought it was still somewhat decent for what it was, but I knew once the botch happened, they are now including it for social media discourse because it gives shitty sports entertainers online something to do so they can seem like they're fucking experts. So it's clear we're moving shit. Uh, we're moving. We're moving the shit on Taya, uh, or or are we shitting on Brent even more because of the company is doing this work shoot shit where they encouraged hatred on Thunder Rosa, where it made her feel suicidal. So now we're putting Brent in the situation and take all the heat for it, even though if I had to fucking guess, in my personal opinion, the company probably organized that and they have more fucking drama. Uh, they want more drama to sell for the reality show. So we can reboot work shoot shit while organizing hate from everyone else. It's clear Brit is gonna have to be is going back to being a heel soon. This is like real life shit. It's gonna fuel her to do so. But this company are the ones that would organize this in my personal opinion. So Taya gets the best of her um by diving uh, by driving her down, gets a mat return into her front headlock. Britt keeps trying to get out of the side headlock while Taya's powering out of them at time, but Britt keeps maintaining it. And Taya then drops with her with a shoulder tackle. She was going, she was doing more character work between the moves. She mocks the DMD gimmick, does the Meteora in the corner. She has a bunch of open hand chops. Taya moves out of the way on the stomp. Britt moves out of the way from a high boot. Taya didn't get all the road. See, this is where the botch happened. I, I put, she didn't get all of the road. That's what the commentator said. And it kind of felt like a brop, but she was doing the hammer strike before the picture in picture. I saw Taya doing the Blue Thunder Bomb during the break. They come back and Britt gets a knee in the um um a knee in the I put knee in the race knee in the face uh, nonstop. Britt gets a ripcord elbow strike. They strike. They do a back and forth strike. Finally, uh, um, and finally Taya gets a roundhouse kick. Britt does a thrust kick. Taya blocks a thrust kick. Clocks her with a knee strike. Britt gets a caught with a northern light suplex for a near fall. Britt gets a thrust kick and then goes for the Panama Sunrise for a near fall. She puts on the glove for the lockjaw. Taya avoids a neck breaker. But gets a bunch of kicks and then gets a spear for a near fall. Britt counters the roll to Valhalla and is able to counter into a lockjaw position and gets the win. Normally, nothing really too like you know, too stand out other than the botch, but they recovered from it pretty well. I feel all things considered, but this is why they do the online discourse. They rather sabotage the division, and you know they're doing this for the internet discourse when the camera pans over to the sign that says "Book the women's division better." This is what they rather do. Maybe maybe it wouldn't stand out so much if you had other women matches on the show. When you book, and when you book a women's match, um, the, the only gimmick people have for the online shit is to focus on the botches. And it makes me think it's done by design. And the people in charge are never going to fucking give a shit about the women's wrestling. Instead of booking a good one, they rather just book for the discourse, and it's pretty fucking shitty. And it's not worth it with these fake fucking shitty sports entertainer personas using as a reason why women uh, shouldn't be featured as much anymore. Maybe instead of being a mark for a talent and being a brown Bischoff, maybe Tony Khan should let women actually book the online the women's storylines. But we're moving more to the right wing, so no one's gonna fucking say a goddamn thing. You know, it just fucking sucks. And I hate this booking so much. Like, there's like literally nothing going on that's interesting with the division on the main roster. 
Maybe you should have more featured, you know what I mean? The match on Rampage should have been on Dynamite since it was basically setting up for a title match for Dynamite 200. By the way, imagine if we had the same attitude over CM Punk's sloppiness in his matches and some of the botches he has kind of done. No one calls him out for, you know, for, like, for fucking it up. Like, no one's pushing him out of the fucking game and not, like, the, and no one's pushing for him to have less television time. You'll hype up his fucking shitty Macho Man impression elbow drop. But for the foreseeable future, we're going to keep getting, like, you know, this one match, nothing else, because we need to give away millions of other matches that could be savored and extracted fucking properly for later on. I wish Ty had won, though, because it would at least let Britt continue her storyline of not being able to be herself. Plus, it helps Taya get some good victories and people who are saying Taya isn't good um, have not seen what she can do as a character or a worker. Check out her shit in AAA and in Impact before she left for NXT. In fact, she does better work on fucking NWA what she did for a bit. Even she had better character work in MLW for the time that she... for something I've seen in her over there as well. You know? So they hype up for for Rampage. Um, you know, they did a video package for Nyla and Sheeta to face Tony Storm, I think, at Wembley. Le- uh, uh, I thought it was going to be at Wembley, but it's for next week. Lethal, and then you, you got promo packages from Lethal, Sanjay, uh, Lethal, Sanjay, and Singh, Isaiah, and Ethan, C- Cage, and Cage and Bill, and the Hardys, talking about Battle Royal for a tag title shot. And then we had Kit versus Scorpio, and then Kingdom and Kingdom in action. The thing is, what well, the thing is is that um, they announced Kip, they announced Scorpio Sky, but then when the tapings happened right afterwards, they said that Scorpio Sky was injured. So like, wouldn't you know that before you promoted the fucking guy? I I, I whatever. Then and then uh, this is also this is also including the stuff they announced on Rampage. You know what I mean for for Collision and all that type of stuff. But like the stuff that we knew, so we had FDR versus MJF and Cole, Buddy versus Andrade in a ladder match. They showed a video package for it, mostly Buddy Magic's talking about it and how he's going to um, burn the mask in front of him. His entire lineage will burn in front of him. Uh, the Bullet Club's trios match. Joe ver- then, then they added Joe versus Gravity and Mercedes Martinez versus Kira Hogan, which I bet you will be like five fucking minutes. And then Dynamite 200 will have Jericho Takasha versus Sammy Garcia, Jerry Lynn and Jack Perry face-to-face, Mox versus Trent versus Penta, um... The ROA Tag Team Championship match, Aussie Open versus Viking Going Commander, uh, and the World Championship match with Tony Storm versus Sheeta. So that was, you know, because Sheeta won in the Rampage. I'll go to Rampage really quickly. Hold on. So first, I started out with the Battle Royal. I didn't want to go through all the teams, but I guess I might as well go because nothing much is happening in them. So it's Bill and Cage, Spanish announced project with, like, you know, Serpentico and the Luther. Butcher and Blade, Isaiah and Ethan, Seidel and Daniels, Lethal and Singh, 2.0, and Hardys. Nothing was really gone. They have so many tournaments and battle royals. I appreciate them trying to set up a challenger for FDR after this, or maybe Cole and MGF. Seidel and Isaiah do the gin and juice. It was like they did his last uh, on the Rampage Rumble, too. Maybe they should just team up. Uh, Big Bill drops Luther off the apron. Uh, Blade knocks uh, down Serpentico. They can, they, they can constantly do their usual uh, putting, you know... Uh, the confidence put do the usual spiel putting Butcher over in the Battle Royal format. I was wondering if Bill is going to be part of the Mogul affiliates here. I would assume whatever Bill is doing, he's going to be filler until his company decides to hire Enzo or some shit. Because I do think there will be a reunion between them. 
And he's getting cheered a lot more. Isaiah got a springboard jawbreaker on Lethal from the apron. But Singh caught him and dumped him outside. Menard eliminated Seidel. Again, it wasn't one of the better battle royals they did. It felt like a minimal effort to get Bill and Cage the victory. Hardy's, I think, eliminated Parker. There was a lot of elimination attempts where people were hung onto the ropes. Ethan gets a bunch of... Uh, gets, gets a... Uh, um, launch off the bottom rope for a cutter, but Singh eliminated him. Hardy's eliminated Lethal by pushing Singh against him. Bill eliminated Matt Menard. Butcher and Butcher and Blade do the gut buster assist, and then they eliminate him. Uh, Singh it, uh, tossed Matt Hardy out when he when he blocked Twist of Fate. Hardy eventually got a twist. Of, uh, Jeff Hardy got a Twist of Fate on Singh. Basically, Bill and Cage helped eliminate Singh. People seemed into Bill and Cage. They eliminated Jeff Hardy, and the last two two teams left were Butcher and Blade and Cage and Bill. People were more into Bill than anything. Blade got a swinging neck breaker. Blade got a stunner on Bill and Butcher spears him. Cage gets a um, gets a gets Blade with the TKO. He gets a flatliner on Butcher. There was some back and forth done for for a bit. Bill finally does a double lariat to knock down Butcher and Blade when they had control for a bit. A bunch of high boos. They do a lariat power bomb combo to eliminate Blade. Butcher is fanning them off, which kind of made him look like a baby face. He was kind of he kind of hard to strike and to move out of the way when the partner would come after the come after him. So it was like he was getting some of the more babyface spots despite Bill and Kate. Well, more Bill being over with the crowd basically. They did a, uh, a Bill and Cage did a really fucking assisted uh, choke slam lariat when Cage was off the middle rope. It, it was just weak, but they eliminated Butcher. I was gonna assume we're getting Hardys to win this, but they but they haven't felt like a factor as much as I thought. But I'm not mad at Bill and Cage pairing. I'm sure they'll have a good match with whoever wins the title match on Collision. It wasn't anything special, but at least they're putting you know matches where there are consequences for future storylines at least. But I can't say this is one of the more memorable ones they've done. They're normally good with this shit, but they just just did the Rampage Rumble. So it's like, why you know didn't you just have a a battle royal to determine who would be the team, the number one contenders initially, instead of just doing this random fucking eliminator tournament. But whatever. Kingdom did a promo package where they, you know, for what they did to Ring of Honor, where they kind of were going over their career and how much they have accomplished, winning respect from the other tag team, and talk about having moments of, of, of their tag team career with the Briscoes, and Tony Khan bought the company. They put over the company being in good hands, and they, they, they got a call, they got a call back to come back. And they put and and they basically put over the OGK, their fucking you know the, the their tag team. I thought it was a decent hype up you for a match, which was going to be a squash match basically. I wonder why they weren't just in the battle royal, but it just felt like a promo where they are now going to be more on the main roster rather than just R ROH people basically. Um, Commander versus Kip. Alex was accompanying him. Like I said, I have no idea why the fuck they would be naming uh, Scorpius guy in the first place. Like, how did he get injured right before going to the ring where they would announce on him on Dynamite to keep it, to change it randomly? If uh, I wanted to see Kip, well, I want to see what Kip would do with the, com with the Commander match because Kip does good character work to engage the crowd, you know what I mean? Commander taunts Kip um, with the shit that he did by getting the crowd to react, which pisses off Kip. They come back to a stalemate with more taunts. They're just avoiding and counting each other for the first bit. Commander dives outside onto him, and Kip had control during the picture. Picture they come back, and Commander gets one of those fancy Tijeras. I finally learned how to fucking spell it. I guess it's like leg scissors in fucking span in Spanish. So I, I always spelled it T E H E R A C E S. It's like actually spelled T I G. Like it's spelled it's one of those words. So I finally figured it out, man. So. After so because it it always fucking you know autocorrected Terrence or Terrace. 
Anyways, he got the Frankie Tierras, a roundhouse kicks, then there was a pinning predicament in armbar. They just dropped, they, they do some dough strikes back and forth. Commander lands on his feet from a shooting star press, and Kip nails him with a pump kick. Kip kicks at his shoulder and then does an Arabian press, and then the cannonball into the corner. Penelope gets involved behind the rest back, and Kip does a slingshot neck breaker for a near fall. He was actually, he, I was actually hoping Kip would actually win, but I think they, you know, I think the guy has potential, but he gets used to as a utility player. Commander did a springboard destroyer, and then he did a shooting star press for the win, basically. It was fine. It was a really good back and forth, and at least you're giving Commander a win, so at least he doesn't feel useless next time he loses to, like, a, a, big, a, bigger, a bigger fucking, you know, uh, act on the, on the main roster, essentially. Uh, Kingdom versus some jobbers. Taven does a spinning roundhouse kick. Bennett does the corner attacks. Spagoli driver. Him and Bennett do the, uh, you know, the corner attacks. Spagoli driver and the running kick from Taven. Taven with a disaster kick to the other guy. And they do the proton pack for the win. It was a good showcase. Hopefully they get into a good feud with other teams. They need other teams feuding or building up storylines that are not for the titles. But this is probably did more for the Kingdom than just randomly being in a battle royal, you know what I mean, it's just, it's just a kayfabe, it's just in kayfabe, why would Lucha, like, why would Luther Serpentico get in, and the f- former ROH champions not be able to get in, you know what I mean, so, I don't know, so no, they never fucking explained that kind of shit, and then Dark Order cut a promo, where they show footage of the ROH match from Death Before Dishonored, talking about getting violent and dark, that's a side that's been missing from them for a long time. And then Uno reiterates that it was about rebuilding and the proposal of the question if people are Dark Order or not. I like that they gave you an update. And I know since they're a pro-elite side, that they're the pro-elite side for the online contingent. You can't give them credit. And they have been doing... But they've been doing a good job with this. I would anticipate that, you know, that after the... I would anticipate that after the babyface turn they had to do because of Brody, Brody Lee's death... I, I, I eventually knew that they would have to go back heel. Like, you know, like I understood why they went babyface, because people wanted to cheer them after Brody's death. But I always envisioned that they would become heels again. But I wish the transition went smoothly with how it's been presented. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, I, I, I basically envisioned that, you know, eventually, like, when, when, when Hangman wins the title or something like that, then, then they would have turned heel because Hangman, uh, they feel he's not really being committed to them or something like that. Nyla Rose and Sheeta uh, was the main event. They did a decent video package for the rivalry. Maybe this one should have been on Diamond, like I said, but they opted to do the discourse match to be seen by the most and kept the better women's match for the, for the least watched show. Uh, Nyla immediately goes um, after her and slams her down, and Sheeta was like on the ropes posing before the match. Sheeta gets uh, couldn't get Nyla up, and then she couldn't and then uh, it couldn't take her off her feet even with the Tijeras. It made Nyla stumble into the corner, and Sheeta. Um, Sheeta did, like, the ten punches. Eventually, they are outside brawling, and Nala catches Sheeta, and she's, ba- she's battering Ram Sheeta against the barricade. Nala had control during the picture-in-picture. Sheeta's firing back with the, with the axe and the question mark kick. Then a sliding elbow. She finally gets Nala up for a suplex. Outcasts are watching backstage. It would also come out afterwards. Sheeta gets a missile drop kick off the apron. Nyla gets a choke slam when Sheeta was sitting in the center of the ropes. Sheeta gets a Rana to counter some shit and then the Falcon Arrow for a very close near fall. Nyla counters a katana attempt 
with a really dope lariat. She does a senton. Sheeta does a couple of headbutts that look really deadly, and then gets an avalanche falcon arrow, which kind of just, just looks like a superplex, a super suplex, basically. Marina um, um, puts Nyla's foot on the rope. Sheeta grabs the candlestick and starts hitting her with it. Nyla gets a roll-up into a deadlift um, powerbomb attempt, but Sheeta gets a katana for the win. So like I said, outcasts come out. They kind of just talk shit. Nothing much really happens. It was a decent match. Not the best match they've had with each other, but this was pretty good. They have a good rivalry and chemistry together. But, uh, you know, but I like that we're getting the women's title match, and hopefully they'll give it time and not some dead spot so they can make, make it more of a discourse, you know. But this was, a good, this was a good match in total, basically, you know. Anyways, I'm going to be fucking done. By the way, I, I should mention that the, the reason why... I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast about Lufisto making comments about people bad-mouthing, you know, other talent on... on, on I think somebody bad-mouthed her, apparently. So I guess this is going to be Lufisto's discourse storyline, that somebody mentioned her. So she went, So basically, we're, right now we're wondering if it's actually Brit that fucking was the one that did it, because right now she's being so vague, but everyone's jumping on the fucking discourse that it was, um, that, that it was um, um, Britt Baker who was the one who did it. Ba-ba-ba-ba-bake? No, sorry, I don't know. I don't know, maybe it was, I don't know. So that's why Lufisto was talking about it. But all this stuff is just designed to be, you know, this is how they're booking online storylines now. Ma, 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 Baker. Who knows? I haven't been keeping up with other discourse because everything is just going fucking crazy right now. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyways. Peace out.